You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. And, and Delatori. Same corner, same time. We back at it. How are you guys doing this today? Monday afternoon. A little cold? Bro, it's cold. Freezing. It's cold in mm -hmm. Tampa. There's there's some freeze here in Tampa. Uh last night, not uh not here where I am, but uh, up north and out west or out east a little bit. Uh, so it's cold up here. It um it was like 31 degrees walking the dogs this morning. Quick walk. Mm. Quick mm. walk in and out. Get in and get out. They're not trained to walk themselves. Story yeah. of Nick's Absol life. No, yeah. absolutely. Uh, well, the, the backyard's fenced in, but um, the the big dog, we got an eight-month-old, nine-month-old uh, Old English sheep dog right. who need, needs like to get some energy out. Uh, okay, so, okay. Like walked out, peed, and I was like, hey, back inside. You can go out in the backyard uh, and run around all you want, but I'm going to be inside. I feel that, man. Yeah, it was it was real nippy this morning. I take my daughter to the bus stop before I take my son to school. So I jumped out like six in the morning, the high school hours. I jump out there with, with with just a little hoodie on. I had to double back. I was like, nah. Matter of fact, let me <laughs> warm the car up and cut the seat warmers on for a little mm -hmm. quick second, and then I'll be back out there. Oh man, you know it's it's sad. You know, last week um, when we recorded, I told you boys I was going to be heading to Cabo. Uh, well, we we took our our COVID test because we needed a COVID test um, to to check in and everything else. So we got the word on on Tuesday night, and then reaffirmed Wednesday uh, that uh, that Brooke was was positive for COVID. So uh, instead of spending the last four days, including today and what would have been tomorrow as well, uh, in a beautiful. Um, you know, resort in Cabo. I, I was here in Tampa where it was, where it was cold and, and, uh, and cloudy all weekend, but, uh, it's going to be back like, with you boys. It's like an extra kick in the net, extra kick in the nuts yeah. there. It's not even like nice, no, beautiful rave weather for you in Tampa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing going on, but I mean, we couldn't even go outside. I mean, I mean, you could, but like, why would you? And then, so Gasparilla is on Saturday. Big shout out to, to Tampa. Um, but on the week before, so this past weekend, they do this thing called the Children's Parade because normal Gasparilla is just not kid-friendly. Uh, so it shuts down Normally. a big portion of South Tampa. So uh, you're kind of stuck in your house anyway. So, mm. but Silk, I'm surprised you've not been over to Gasparilla. We need to invite you one of these years. This year just never works out for me, I guess, because we always doing national signing day stuff, mm -hmm. and, and it's hard for me to make back to back trips. And we got the hockey trip coming up too, so yep. I don't think we'll make it this year, bro. But I'm definitely gonna be out in the bay uh, quite regularly this year. I'm excited about that shit. I got some other shit cooking. Yeah, that's it's, it's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we I keep uh, saying we the got... S word. I forgot. I, yeah, I forgot no, what show I'm on. No, you're good. You, I think you can that. say it on TV now, so you're good. Um, 
No, we, we do. We do have an announcement a couple of years ago. We did a, a big event with the lightning and it looks like we're going to be doing something similar. So stay tuned for details there uh, at the end of February. But uh, boys, we got a lot to talk about. We got a uh, legendary Gators defensive back, Tony George on. We also have legendary kicker. Uh, this is Nick Nick's type of content. Caleb Sturgis coming on uh, a little bit later as well. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friend, Alan Horn and Alan Horn insurance, who is the title sponsor of stadium and Gale. He is a State Farm agent in Jasper, Georgia. Uh, he specializes in auto home, renters, life, business, and retirement planning, uh, but also works not only in Georgia, but in Florida, Alabama, and Tennessee. So check out Alan Horn Insurance. That's Alan, A-L-A-N, Horn, H-O-R-N-E, insurance.com, or give him a call at 706-629-2888, or visit him on Twitter and Instagram at, at @sfagent. Alan H or on Facebook at Alan Horn hyphen state farm agent. So shout out to Alan Horn and Alan Horn insurance. All right, boys, before we get Tony George on, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. A lot of things happening in the world of Gators recruiting right now. And we'll talk about the big news. Harold Perkins, the one everybody wants to talk about, uh, but the Gators do add a couple of uh, commits uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, today, Andrew Savinia, now that is definitely not how you pronounce it, uh, has announced that he's committing to the University of Florida. Uh, wasn't really a surprise, came to visit this past weekend, six foot four, 273 pound uh, edge rusher, uh, holds offers from Oregon, UCLA, California, Washington, Oregon State, and a number of others. Uh, but the Gators add Andrew uh, to the Gators defensive line. So, um, Nick Silk, any thoughts on Andrew? Um, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, okay, good. I think, like, at this point, again, I don't think it's a bad get at all. Decent competition you're in it for with the kid. I think he has good fit, but it's a program guy. Um, not going to come in and play right away, but uh, I do like the eval. I don't think it's a bad eval. I don't think it's a bad take this late in the game. Mm -hmm. Um We'll talk about the other commits as well uh, in the future, but I don't think it was a bad get. I understand it. Nick? Um, it seem, <clears throat> seems like there's a, a segment of the fan base starting to turn on Billy um, mm -hmm. for for some of these guys. Um, I, I get, I get, I guess I get why. Yeah, because... You got to provide, you got to provide these people and educate them on like the whole scenario, right? So we're not just grabbing three stars with plenty of, of kids available. Mm -hmm. Um, you let go of your recruiting class well, right before National Signing Day. You don't have relationships with a lot of these people. So it looks like they went out the guys they had relationships with. I don't mean to cut you off, Nick. I'm sorry about that. But just to paint the entire picture of everybody that's ready to jump out of a window um, because you're landing three stars, there's not a whole lot of four stars yeah. out there. Yeah. I mean, well, first off, it's a transition class. Um, but I get it. Like, there's, there's PTSD after, um, you know, because we did the same thing. I think – Mullen came on and started taking some guys that were uh, maybe suspects, maybe mm -hmm. um, fringe. Should you be taking these guys? And, and now you're, you know, just four years later, you're, you're seeing that same thing happen and um, you know, getting some PTSD. I get that. Um, it's a transition class. Kind of like Silk said, mm -hmm. you, you were on staff, what, like 10 days before or the early signing period when most of the kids sign, then you have to like, recalibrate readjust everything that's going on uh and and sure there's you know the jacoby matthews there's the harold perkins out mm -hmm. there there are still big names to be to be had but 
Um, Florida's got what 14, 14, I guess 15 with the preferred walk on 15 mm-hmm. kids signed to the class. Like you still need to fill out the class. Some, you don't need to, mm-hmm. Florida's not going to sign 28. Um, but you still need to fill out some of the class. And, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe Billy sucks at recruiting <laughs> and we'll find that out. And, and mm-hmm. these people who are early on are right. Um, but for me, I, I, I definitely reserve judgment, <clears throat> um, of a coach in the he's had, I'll be real with you. Like, it, it's not, it's not going to take a lot for me to like figure out if this guy's a recruit. I already know he's recruited. <clears throat> um, it's going to be interesting to see which battles he win, but um, you could tell recruiters. We we knew Dan Mullen coming in, regardless of what he said, his work, what, mm-hmm. he, what he's done, and, and, and then the attitude towards it, like the emphasis on recruiting, I think yeah. is huge right now. Yeah. So I, from, even from watching the visits, I don't, and I don't That's think they're selling and I don't think these guys selling either. I don't think they just losing a battle and saying I'm gonna take a three star. That was a mm-hmm. lot of the vibes with the last staff was just like uh, waving the white flag and conceding. Um, these guys are still out there. Perkins, uh, they landed Kamari Wilson. They're competing with, with for. They're trying, still trying to get Shamar going in home, doing Gentry mm-hmm. Williams going in home, even with no no official visit set up. So these guys are recruiters fighting to the end, trying to land people regardless. Um, and that's just what recruiters look like. Mm-hmm. No, I, w- I would agree with you, Silk. I mean, I think that that's the, the most important change that we've seen, you know, between this staff and Dan Mullen is not only going after a lot of those big targets, but also seemingly having plans in place as well. If, you know, somebody doesn't, you know, commit, I mean, we're seeing it now with, you know, with Trevante Citizen, right? And, you know, right. maybe he goes somewhere else, but they have, you know, the, the running back James that's committed to, to Georgia right now coming on a, on a visit here soon. You know, I think that they're going through the, the normal state of affairs of you evaluate what's left on the board, you evaluate, you know, who's attainable, right? Just because there's a four-star or five-star guy that's out there in Florida doesn't go after him or doesn't get his commitment also doesn't necessarily mean that the staff is interested in that four-star or that five-star or just because they are a four-star or five-star doesn't mean that they're necessarily, you know, introduced or uh, interested, pardon me, uh, in the Gators as well. So you do have to go and you have to win battles. You have to go head to head and you have to compete against, you know, your Georgias and your Alabamas and your LSUs and your Oklahomas and, you know, your in-state rivals. And I think that they're doing that, you know, we will see, you know, how well that turns out, but, you know, right now you, you, these scholarships don't go untaken, right? Unless you give them to a preferred walk-on, you know, give them a scholarship, but you, you've got to fill the class out. And, you know, we've never been in a world where more people have transferred, you know, after a year or two. And, and maybe, you know, some of these takes don't last or don't make it, but. Most takes you know, from you, transition you class just don't pan out. So the, the, Billy's right. trying something from a different perspective when he let go of the class, because when you look at the history of transition class, they fail. So, like, with him trying something different, whoever we're recruiting, we could have kept the four or five stars, whoever. We've had um, C.C. Jefferson and the mm-hmm. other five stars in transition classes that didn't pan mm-hmm. out. So, transition classes traditionally and historically are terrible. They mm-hmm. just don't pan out. So, it's a different approach that they're doing this year, and we also have the portal. Um, the mm-hmm. old, what we stand at, Nick, on, on, on three, before we move forward to other recruits, what we stand at um, rank-wise? Um, I think right now it's 37. I'm pulling it up right now because it was it was higher or 33. Um, <clears throat> it was higher. Um, what you guys the, did to Kamari Wilson is a travesty. <laughs> That's bro. The message board is popping off. No, like, y'all did we, to Travis Hunter was nuts too, bro. You're like, oh, wild oh, out a little bit. Oh, they're like, Nick, we need answers. Right they're like, Nick, 30. we need answers. I'm like, dog, I have no input in that. No idea. Couldn't tell you. Yelling at the wrong person. You're yelling at the mailman well, when he brings you. Point, point at the guy we need to yell at, Nick. Who we need to yell at? I, I don't know. Yell at Dan. 
I don't. I don't even work for on three. That doesn't even make sense, Nick. Yeah, when in doubt, Dan just brought it up. Dan, Dan, Dan uh, brought it up. That's right. Blame blame Dan for bringing it up. Um, no, but you know, I, I think right now, you know, Florida does sit with some some high end prospects: Kamari Wilson, Shamar James, Chris McClellan, you know, Devin Moore. You know, and, and they're after a few others. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it probably after we we get Tony George on here. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, Florida does have to fill these spots out. And you know, whether this kid you know fits in as a defensive end, some people are saying maybe even tight end. You know, I, he's he's an athletic kid, has a good frame, and and we'll see what he develops and, and comes into. You know, we did take another tight end that that may or may not also play tight end. Who knows? I don't. Um, I, 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 yeah, I want to see how like everything pan. That kid was, is huge. Go, we go ahead and get, continue with the rest of the. Uh, he's yeah, huge, no, but I, I don't know. Our tight end room is weird. Very weird, and I think it's going to get even weirder here soon. Um, but the Gators do. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this and then get Tony on. But the Gators do bring on Hayden Hansen as well, six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds out of, out of Weatherford, Texas. Um, you know, was was previously recruited and I think committed to Louisiana at some point had backed off uh, that commitment, but the Gators go after him. Obviously a workout freak, uh, you know, probably not right. as highly ranked as, as fans want again, uh, but a guy that definitely looks the part. Now it's a matter of, of does he fit that part and, you know, what role does tight end play in, you know, the, the new offense is certainly yeah, very it. different than Dan Mullins. Let's pick it back up. Uh, we'll, we'll finish. Uh, catch back up right at that spot. Um, perfect. Let's, let's hang out a little bit. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. Uh, visit Home Field Apparel. Use promo code Stadium and Gail get fifteen percent off. They just announced the new Cincinnati line. So if you're a fan of Skyline Chili like Nick Delatorre is, and maybe Oof. you're also a fan of the Cincinnati Bearcats, go check them out. HomeFieldApparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gail and get fifteen percent off. And we are welcomed by none other than Florida Gator. Defensive back legend, former All-American, former uh, All-SEC, former uh, academic All-SEC. I mean, just a just a, a real winner. Tony George, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on today, my friend. We're going to end up with like a three-hour yeah. show, just a three-hour hey, show I'm introducing you, Tony. It. Hey, I love it, man. It's, I love hearing you guys talk, man. You guys are talking some great stuff over there. I love it. Well, Tony, man, it's a pleasure to have you on. You know, every once in a while we ask the fans like who they want to hear from and your name always comes up. So uh, super glad to get connected with you, especially on short notice. But uh, Tony, want to go all the way back, uh, all the way okay. back to your time. Uh, you commit to the University of Florida right around the time that, you know, Steve Spurrier's ascension uh, to the University of Florida. You're, you're at UF from 95 to 98, really some glory years. But um, originally born in Cincinnati, Ohio. So first, before we do that, we have to get your thoughts on Skyline Chili. Man, the best. Not even not even a question. Hands down, Skyline Chili is the best. That and some of the Rose's Pizza and maybe some Grippos. Yeah, we got the whole deal going up there in Cincinnati. Uh, I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. With the, the grippos. Um, you guys have to let people know that the chili is sweet. So no oh, one yeah, told yeah. me. Nick, Nick been slandering it, man. So no one actually, told me the chili is sweet. So made, I go. It, it's made. It's that chocolate that's made in it. You didn't know that, huh? Chocolate. It has, no, chocolate. It, has, it, has, it has chocolate in, in, in the chili. I'm calling the feds. You yeah, can, yeah. It's <laughs> put chocolate in chili. It's, it's definitely addictive. <laughs> you can imagine my surprise. I get I get a bowl of chili, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have some heat on this. And right. first bite, I get chocolate. And I'm like, no, I, you need a warning. You need a disclaimer. <laughs> definitely, yeah. If it's your first time going to get Skyline Chili, you have to have a disclaimer. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. I mean, you can't just you can't just hop in on there on there. I mean, no, a lot of people are not used to putting their chili on top of spaghetti and things of that nature. Yeah. But 
you know, we bring it all the way home, man. We try to get everybody. You try to get you all in one. We try to get the hot dogs, the chili, and everything all in one. Mm. But, but Tony, I have to ask about the pizza, too. You guys, like, put cold cheese on it after you cook it, right? Man, listen, that's, that's what is doing. I don't know. On? I don't know, man. It's just something that's it's, that's just a Cincinnati thing, man. I mean, everybody do that. I, now, see, I personally never did the cold, the cold cheese on top of pizza, but I did the La Rosa's, and I watched everybody else do it. And I was like, hmm. Interesting, but I like my pizza hot. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's nuts. nuts. Y'all are nuts yeah, in Cincinnati. Yeah, um, yeah we, we we had different beasts up there. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 Tony, I was um, preparing for the show today, and I was reading a little bit about you. Said that you were recruited by 167 colleges. Um, how did you determine to? How, how did you eliminate um, you know all of those schools and end up at the University of Florida? It was very interesting. Uh, I think the day that uh, Coach Spurrier and his staff, uh, Ron Zook, came to visit me, I also had uh, I also had Lou Holtz and Phil Farmer sitting in my house, <laughs> and they were kind of jockeying to try because at that time you had kind of time periods that were set up to to kind of speak and talk with the coaches, um, but at that time. Spurrier was just kind of sitting back and, and, and Coach Zook, they were sitting back and they were watching uh, Phil Farmer and Lou Holtz fight over my time. And they were just sitting there and they were just in the car and they were laughing and giggling. Finally, they got out of the car. He like, man, and if, you know how Spurrier is. Man, I got these guys here, here fight for nothing, huh? <laughs> I said, that, that's all it. And then he that's came hilarious. in and he was, he was so honest with me. He said, you know, Tony, we probably could have used you in some facet this year. He said, but I'm going to be honest. He's like, you're a little scrawny because <laughs> I was I was all of 149 pounds at that time running track, but I was I was super fast. So he was looking at me. He's like, yeah, he said, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you that you can you can start for us, but we find somewhere for you out there. For me, that was a challenge to me because I, in my head, it's like, wait, did you just see was just fighting at my door and you're telling me that I don't. OK, I said, cool. Let me see the best of what you got. And I heard about all how fast all these guys were in Florida. My goodness, I didn't believe it until I got there. It was true. <laughs> that speed in Florida is a different type of deal. Um, and then you had the best from Georgia. You had the best from North Carolina. The best from anywhere you could think of, Texas. I mean, you were we were getting those types of recruits at that time. So it was tough trying to figure out, you know, whether or not I wanted to go to these other – 166 schools, one of these other 166 schools, or this school. But when when I heard about that, I really knew that I was a I was going to bleed orange and blue. Out nowadays, you might have just been able to hit the portal. Like, really? <laughs> right. You, you don't right. think I'm good enough? Portal, I'll, I'll head out to someone who's on the schedule next year, and you'll see if I'm good enough. Yeah, this portal thing is is an absolute beast as well. I I, I I'm I'm in shock in all these these portal transfers. But uh, you know, one thing about it is I, what I do love is that there there is no reason for a great kid to be sitting on the sideline now. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's probably the best thing about this portal is that kids now that maybe would not have gotten that opportunity sitting behind a guy like I don't know, sit behind yourself. a guy like a uh, yeah, well yeah, <laughs> sitting sit behind. But I mean, I had to sit behind guys like a Lawrence Wright and Anton mm -hmm. Lodge and. 
I had to understand what this game was all about because, again, being fast is not the only thing that's going to get you on the field. You got to be intelligent enough to get out there as well. And you had to, I had to learn some, some savvy moves from some very smart veterans. I had the Shea Showers out there, the Michael Gilmore's, the, the uh, Sammy McCorkles. I mean, John X. Nidus. Those guys were so smart at what they did that you couldn't help but to learn from what they were doing. So um, I enjoyed the process of being able to be red-shirted and, and, and then getting out there when it was my time. Hey, Tony, real quick. Go ahead, Sam. Real quick, you was talking about uh, the transfer portal. What was your freshman year like when you got there to the culture? Like, it was different. It was a different vibe, a lot of competition. Yeah. So what was that like? Wasn't no portal. You had to stick it out. So what was those times like for the average kid that don't know? I tell you what, it was um, it was it was quite different because you really had to you really had to exude confidence and you really had to 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 understand what the system was like and you had to adapt to that system. I think the one thing that made Coach Spurrier so different from every other coach that I've ever been around was that Coach Spurrier um, he he found a way to pull what it is that you were great at. And find it, uh, and he found a position for you to be able to play, so you can kind of exemplify that talent. And that was the biggest thing. I think we have we we had a coach that took time to understand what our talent was. And these days, it's instant gratification. Right now, you got to be great. Right now, as soon as you step on campus and you got four years to get it done, Spray was like, "Hey, listen, I'll tell you what. Let's pull you back for a year. Let's get a few pounds on you, and then let's make you better." Because you can be great, but you got to understand the system. You got to understand how it works. You got to understand what it's going to take to get there. And that was the thing that's missing, I think, with a lot of these kids that are coming in now from portals and everything else. They don't understand no matter where you go, you're going to have to learn the system. You're going to have to learn the coaches. You're going to have to learn the other players. And you're going to have to learn all the attitudes that go along with that. And what yeah, you, you got to buy in. Yeah, yes, you got to buy 100%. in and stick it out. It's it, going to be some hard times. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that my my I wasn't allowed to just say, "Well, I'm gonna transfer and go back home." I wish I would have mm-hmm. told my mom and dad that they would have said, "Get your butt back down there." <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Get your butt back down there." And, and first of all, you better be learning. Second of all, once you get that that learning process down, understand this is what real life is all about. Mm, right. Your coach is your boss right now, and you got to understand you can't just go and keep talking back and doing this and doing that. Do your work and be great at your work, and then he'll reward you. Right. And I learned it from that standpoint. That's the way my parents taught me. What um, I, I always wonder. I mean, <clears throat> to go to a school like Florida, you're you're probably the best kid on your pop Warner team. You're the best kid on your high school team. <laughs> what's what's just that? What's that like mentally when you get to a place and, and you've always been the best, and now now you've got your head coach telling you like, ah, we don't think you're good enough. And like you said, like there's guys who are. You're 18 years old. There's guys who are 22 on the team. They've they've been yeah. doing this, and they're just more mature than you. What is that process like for an 18 year old kid to not be the big dog on campus? You know, when you get to college anymore. It's, it's interesting because you know, as as at every every freshman, we come in with this sophomore attitude. We're very immature and overconfident. Mm-hmm. But but then you have guys. We like I had my defensive line when I first came in was Kevin Carter, Mark Campbell, Ellis Johnson. Johnny Church. Uh, when I tell you it was veteran leadership, David Bernard, I listen, go in there with an attitude against any one of those guys. <laughs> and I promise you, you'll get straightened out really, really quick. And Mark Campbell is the guy that I love and fear the most because he's this big Jamaican guy that looks at you 
and he talks with this strong, heavy Jamaican accent, and he dares you to do something other than what the coach tells you to do. And he's giving you this look the whole time. And you had to understand what that look meant. And we as freshmen understood that that's not the guy that you ever want to get angry or mad. We want that guy on our team. And that was the attitude that we all had to adopt. I was with the guy, we called ourselves nine quad. And I tell you, with Jaquez Green and, you know, Riddell Anthony's and Ike Hilliers and my, my boy that called me today, Mike Peterson, man, listen, we understood what our role was because we stuck together. We all reassured together. We all went out, except for Riddell and Ike and obviously Fred Taylor, those guys were playing. But it was, some, it was a select few guys that we all stuck together as freshmen. We went to games together. We understood what the camaraderie was all about. And we had each other's back. And we learned that from having those veteran guys like Mark Campbell and Kevin Carter and Johnny Church. We had to see what that looked like. And then it wasn't, we, we learned how to develop what the teammate, what the team was going to be like through watching their leadership. Mark gave you the look like, listen, as soon as you talk back to coach, as soon as he leaves, you're going to answer me in this locker room. Once the coach yeah. is out of this locker room, we're going we're gonna to figure this out. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100. <laughs> what was the practice culture like with, with going against like top competition guys like Reedell and Quez and all those guys and Ike? Those probably the best trio ever, right? In college football, My um, what was practice like? I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a story. I'm gonna tell you how I, how good I thought I was, and then I'm gonna tell you what Spurrier did for me. I thought I was so good because I had I think I had went against uh, Travis McGriff and I knocked his pass down. And I was talking so much trash. And all of a sudden, Coach Brady said, all right, line them up. So he lines up Aubrey Hill, Chris Dorn, Jack Jackson, uh, Redell Anthony, Ike Hilliard, Jacquez Green. I mean, he lined up his 10 best receivers, and I went over 10. And it was then that I learned that I had to go to work. And Larry Kennedy, I'll never forget this, Larry Kennedy looked at me and said, don't worry about it. I'm going to show you exactly what you got to do in order to be great. I got you, dog. Don't worry about it. And it was it was then, like, Larry, to this day, Larry Kennedy is one of my biggest mentors, you know. And right. it, it, it's like that. It was a true brotherhood of showing you how to get through those moments. It was, by the time we got to a game, it was a cakewalk. We seeing this every single day. And then when we, when we really got competitive when Coach Stoops came on board, that's when we really got competitive because – it would get so bad that he and Coach Spurrier, we would have to practice that several times because they're going to each other's heads. Now, that's the type of stuff that got us ready to be able to win so many championships is because we understood the importance of what understanding what this means to go ahead and practice every day. And we didn't have any days. We didn't have days where we missed. If we missed class things like that, you're not going to miss class and then think you're going to come out here on the field. You're going to run together. You guys are going to get in trouble together. You're going to do everything together. We did everything as a team. So one person messed up, we all messed up. And that accountability is what made us great. Uh, Tony, want to ask you, I mean, obviously you had a, an illustrious career, you know, at the University of Florida. Um, you know, I know for a lot of Gator fans, your your interception return for a touchdown against Peyton Manning sticks out. You know, but what we've talked about to, to a lot of athletes is that, you know, sometimes there's a, a play that, that maybe doesn't get remembered by the fan base or, you know, maybe something that, that clicked for you. What were some of those, you know, either plays or moments that clicked for you uh, where you went from from good to great to, you know, All-American? 
I think my um my first real live action of everyone being able to see me on TV was when we played against Nebraska. Um, we played against Nebraska in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. I can distinctly remember uh, we called it Red One because Red One at, at that time University of Florida Red One meant no parking, automatic ticket, and we would always try to park in Red One. Well, Lawrence Phillips was wearing this Red One. But we come out through these drills and we're running through these drills. They're, they're drills while they're warming up and we're yelling and screaming, yeah, we got to kick you, got to do this, do that. Listen, Nebraska didn't budge. They didn't come off of their stretch. They Nobody talked any trash back. I said, oh, man, I said, we didn't even rattle them. And then they all stood up in unison. They all clapped and then they all went to their position drills. Nobody said a word. Man, when that first kickoff came, man, I was like, whoa, these dudes are bringing it. And I, I felt like I was very strong as a defensive back. But these guys were bringing it, bringing it. I mean, I was talking about they whole, it seemed like their whole kickoff team ran 4-3. Nobody broke stride. Nobody did anything. It was like our whole, our whole team got demolished on the first play. So I said, okay, let me return this favor. I'm going to return this favor. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run down here. I'm going to make a play for our team. I run down there on punt team, and I run down there, and the guy, literally, he gets the ball in his hand, and literally, as soon as he catches it, I knock the snot out of him. That was the play to where I knew that I was ready to take on, to take it to the next level, because I was able to match what, at that time, what the greatest team was throwing out at us. I was able to match it. And I said, I can do this. And then once we lost that, I spent my whole offseason, man. I, I didn't go home. I didn't do nothing. I didn't want to see nobody. I said, I'm going to be out here, and I'm going to make some things happen. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to help our team get a championship. And sure enough, that next year is when we bought it home. Was that kind of the attitude everyone had on that every team? Every last one. Every last one of us. I don't think anybody went home. And that, I mean, that includes Danny. <laughs> I don't think anybody went home. I think our whole team was there as a unit. We went to Lake Alice together. Uh, I'm not – yeah, we went to Lake Alice together. We did – uh, we did team stuff together, 100%. We had barbecues and, 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 and Flavette Field. We, we did stuff together to let everybody know we're in this for one thing and one thing only, and that's to win this chip. And we was hoping that we would see, see uh, uh, Nebraska again, but we were more than happy to, to demolish Florida State. I, 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 I'm just so happy about that. I, I, every day I wake up thinking about how bad we be Florida State. That's so awesome. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was what? Take me through that because um, I just wrote about it um, with the 25th anniversary um, in, in January. Take me through that last month of the season because you guys just rolled through everybody that year, and then yeah. lose to Florida State, and it kind of had to like there were so many different dominoes that had to fall. Like how closely were you watching? Um, Arizona State, how closely were you watching Texas? All those other teams that had to, you know, win games to give you guys a chance to even have that redemption game against Florida State. Absolutely. Let me tell you, it was it was complete chaos. Coach Ferrier moved us from our, our original hotel where we were staying at to the outskirts of uh, Baton Rouge to get away from everybody. And, he, and, and all we heard was screaming from one room to another room to another room to another room. And when I tell you it was a complete pandemonium, it was like, wow, all right, now we plan for the chip. Now this means something. I mean, practice. I mean, you can hear, you can hear a flea pitting on, peeing on cotton. Like it was, <laughs> it was 
it was intense. It was that thick. And we were so ready. We were so focused. We were so laser focused on getting it done. By the time that game got there, it was an emotional, emotional outburst. We were ready to go and we weren't going to be denied by anyone or anything. And when I tell you, our guys, every last one of them, my brothers, they brought it. We had each other's back, front, and side to side. Pause a little bit there, uh, Tony. But how was New Orleans, man? Um, that I remember that game. That's that's probably one of my favorite getting nights. I was a kid, man. Um, Wait, so, so it's like, so it's like, screw the game. Um, what what was the celebration like? That's that's what was the vibe like, like, man. The game. Everybody knows what happened. happened. We beat we beat snot out of them people, man. But uh, I want to yeah. know the shenanigans, man. You know, like that's that's the first one. You know, I think the the first one was so intense. Um, we had. We, I guess we want to talk about the, the championship afterwards. The game itself, we already kind of knew that we, we felt that we were going to demolish them. It wasn't even a question. I think what it was that after the game, we didn't realize the excitement that it had brought to our, our, our fans, to our, our people, to our families. I don't think any of us could have grasped what that was going to be like, what that was going to feel like. And you know, you knew you're doing, you know, we knew we were doing something big when, when we saw Ric Flair at the bar at our hotel buying everyone drinks and saying this on me. And he shows everybody his gator underwear. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it was, it was that to me was a, a life changing moment because I was a, I'm a big time wrestling fan. So I, right. I, I, I love wrestling. So to have Rick saying, Tony George, great job. Woo! That, that to me was like, he knows me. He yeah, knows yeah. me, Dad. Did you like that? <laughs> that was like, geez. I said, we we graduating to the big time. And to me, I think that was that's the hunger that you pass on to the younger guys, to the younger generations. Is that once you experienced it, you don't want to lose it. You're gonna carry it with you for life. You're gonna carry it to you when you do your work, your job. Like I'm here at my gym now. And listen, everybody that's out there on the floor. When I work out, everybody watches because I still carry that because I, I, I want people to know that you say you want your kid to go to this next level. Here's how they got to work. Here's how they got to train. This is what they got to do. And if this is what they want to do, they got to come against guys like me. And, and, and that is such a, a honor and a privilege to be able to have done that. I can't begin to tell you the, the feelings and the emotions that roll with all of that. It's just, it's, you can't describe it. It's just unbelievable. I love that. At your age, you're telling moms and dads, listen, if you want your, your boy wants to be a D1 football player, he's got to work out harder than I am now, and I haven't been a D1 football player since the 90s. And, and if, he's not, if he's not outworking me in the gym, That's right. Tennis. He ain't going to make it. Yeah, I told him go tennis. play chess. I said go play chess because <laughs> your, heart, your heart ain't in it. You got to right. have a different type of hunger. To play at these levels now like uh, and, and and i say these levels because even division two and division one and one double a and uh hbcus are now they're putting out that massive talent the same type of way now but mm. you got to be so hungry to know that you are one of the best to even be able to receive a scholarship let alone to be out there to be one of the, the 11 or the 22 or the 33 that's out there on the field making a right. play for your team you gotta, you gotta be something spectacular in order to be in that position. And I tell you, if you're not working at it, I always tell everybody, you know, hard work beats hard work beats talent when talent don't want to work hard. 
you got to understand what that means. It's, it's more than just those words. You got to get in here and get it done. There is no off season. There is no nothing. You got to put the work in and there ain't nothing that somebody going to buy for you. That's going to help make you get it. <laughs> so you just got to put that work in. Right, whoever's listening to the podcast, I hope they're at the gym listening to you right now. They're getting get extra lifting or something. <laughs> they better. I tell you, I'm, I'm about to get it in here in a little bit uh, mm-hmm. with, with my kids, but I had them ready. I had them ready too. So, you, you got, know, I got to get ready. You got you got great uh, Steve Spurrier stories. Give me a Bob Stoop story. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Bob Stoop. Man, listen, you got this, you got this kind of raspy Ohio guy from middle Ohio that, that comes in and he's studies every person and he's like you know this person and he's looking at you and he has this big thing so i decided one day i didn't want to hit my teammate going through the drills too hard i don't want to i don't want to hit anybody i don't want to knock anybody out i just they know i'm a i'm a hit i'm a hit machine so we're running through the drills and i believe uh uh, uh we got one of our our defensive backs his name was al and Al decided that he, he was going to go through a drill, and he he kind of didn't want me to hit him. So I said, all right, easy, easy. And then Coach Stu said, no, run it back. Go full speed. I said, Coach, I'm not going full speed. I'll kill this kid. And he's like, no, you're going to do as I say do. I said, you know what? I said, Coach, I said, I'm not going full speed at this kid. I'll tell you what, you get off of my field right now. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go play offense. <laughs> and, and literally <laughs> – Coach Spurrier grabs me and puts me over there on the offensive field. I play a wide receiver and get the DB. And then I'm beating our DB. I mean, this is Fred Weirs. Uh, who else was out there? Uh, Anthem. I, no, no way. Yeah, it was Anthem for sure. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm looking and I'm like, uh, and Coach is looking at me like, huh. and he's like, I don't want to have you play for me anymore. I said, that's fine. I said, it looks like I'm going to be scoring <laughs> touchdowns from here on out, right? Like, I'm, I'm talking, but I'm, I'm realizing, like, man, this ain't right. Coach Perry's like, all right, Tony, you had a good day. He said, I just want you know, I tell you what, just go home and just go home and relax. Take the day off. I want you to come back and talk, talk to Coach Stoops in the morning. I'm going to talk with him. And, you know, Coach Perry talked with Coach Stoops. And Coach Stoops, he said, he said, Tony, I have never seen a guy with so much talent. And you, but you got to learn how to channel your emotion. I said, I'm sitting here thinking the whole time, you yelled at me. <laughs> like, and I'm like, <laughs> but I'm laughing on the inside because. He really wants you to kill that kid, man. Coach, Coach Stoop, that was the attitude. We were his troops. And when he directed us to do something and we didn't do it, right. we were in trouble. And it was the same thing because he gave that same type of leadership to every one of his players out there that's on the field. And he said, hey, you direct them when you're out there on the field. You're my safety. You line everybody up and you go. If you don't, if you don't line everybody up, you messing up. And I'm just like, wow, that's, that's a pretty big honor. But to this day, if I call Coach Stoop, it's, 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 so, it's such a remarkable thing to hear him because it still drives me today hearing Coach Stoops and Coach Spurrier in my head telling me that people are watching me and I have to do certain things and I got to make sure that I'm being a great leader. I got to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. I got to make sure that I'm prompt. I got to make sure I'm on time. Those are, those are things that are really, really small, but they're such, they, they, they make such a big impact with everything and everybody. So I try to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm going to resemble what it is that Coach Stoops and, and, and Coach Spurrier put into 
You got drafted uh, third round by the Patriots. Uh, leading up to the draft, what was the vibes like, and how many new cousins you got? Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm still I'm still getting cousins to this day. <laughs> uh, it was it was so out. It was such an outstanding deal because I literally started getting calls probably after the fifteenth pick, and I started getting calls to, to to the phone and people wanting to okay on our next pick we're going to take you on our next pick is going to take you you know and and what people don't tell you is that when they're going through the war room and they're going they're on the board and they're talking about all these different things there was this thing that the one thing that held me back was that i was a diabetic so it was, you know here i am going to be a liability to a lot of these teams and they're looking at all these things and i seen a a couple of safeties and a couple of corners go back before me like you know i saw the fernando Bryan, who i knew that he was going to go before and then I start seeing some of these other guys go and these other guys. And I'm like, man, you keep calling, but you're saying like Dallas called, Pittsburgh called, Atlanta called. And I'm like, all right, cool. Somebody's got to take me. And then um, it's getting close to the end of the third round. And I'm like, oh, quite crud. I got all these people over at my house. I probably got two to 300 people over at, at, at my mom and dad's house. And we had this big barbecue. Got the whole code of section closed off. I literally yeah, all the cousins the, over there, boy. <laughs> yes, yes, one hundred percent. I literally had to. I literally had to get in my car and drive off. I didn't actually see myself get drafted. Huh. Tony, what was so you you get drafted by the Patriots and then you you ultimately end up in NFL Europe? What was that experience like for you? I mean, beyond just playing there you know the, the cultural piece as well I, I think he's froze then oh yeah hmm. i don't think he was even finished answering uh it's all good man this is great kind con- i'm enjoying this conversation it's dope shit everybody there? froze yeah we there got you, you. Go. okay you got dan house everyone still there <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> uh sorry you you cut <laughs> off when you said you didn't even get drafted you didn't hear yourself get drafted all right, is everybody still there? Yeah, yeah, we got, yeah, we got you. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I've had all these people that were there, and it was interesting because I tried to, in, in so many ways, I was trying to uh, just grab it, get that moment where where I didn't want to be around anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to disappoint anyone. Right. And all of a sudden, the 91st pick came and all these calls were coming through my phone. I couldn't answer. I was answering one call. And by the time somebody was calling on the other end, my mother called, my dad called, my grandmother called, my neighbor called. And by the time I got back home and pulled up, I was talking to the New England Patriots on the phone. So I really couldn't greet anybody because I was talking to them on the phone. And as I'm talking to them, I'm crying and everything else. And they're like, well, we want you to come up. But just take your time and go spend some time with your family. You are New England Patriot." I'm like, how did I go to New England Patriots? I said, they weren't even on the board. And they moved up to go and get you. Pete Carroll went and got you. I was like, well, wow, that was amazing. I said, so that was my – that's my my draft story and, and things of that nature. But I tell you, I am um, – I was – I'm thoroughly blessed to have lived through that moment and, 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 and gotten me to the point where I am now. I, I'm just so thankful to be, be able to have uh, – to experience that. I love it. Tony, I want to ask you a quick question about NFL Europe because we don't get a lot of guys that were uh, on the pod that, that played in NFL Europe. What was that experience like for you um, culturally and, and just going over to, to Frankfurt? 
I'm mm. sure he'll hop back in. Yeah, yeah. still got me there. Technology's up 3-0. <laughs> you got to come back. <laughs> you got to come back, <laughs> man. Hey, we got to keep shooting. Gotta, it's all we got to slow. We got to keep shooting. Yeah, yeah, there he is. Sorry, sorry about that, guys. There we no, go, you're man. good, dude. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, wow. What was it like playing over in Frankfurt? Man, that was outstanding. That was that experience was. Um, I understand what true fanship is mm-hmm. because they're they're not big on American football over there. Um, but I understood what true fanship was all about by by playing over there for the short season. Um, the the Frankfurt Galaxy fans were probably the most dedicated fans I had ever seen in my life, uh, and, I, and I, I've been around the Gators. These guys would wait hours in the lobby for an autograph, like hours. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I would go to bed at probably 11 o'clock. When I wake up in the morning, that same crew is sitting there blowing their whistles, blah, 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 galaxy. And I'm like, my God, they are really. I said, did y'all even go home? No, we did not go home. We are excited to be Frank for galaxy. And I'm like, my gosh, I I'd never seen anything like that, but that was the that was such a huge joy for me. I was, yeah. I, I mean, I we got our diehard Gator fans, and then they see you, they they speak to you, but they'll leave mm-hmm. you alone. Not these guys. They go, no. they're gonna they're gonna camp out in the hotel where you at. So it's funny. Cause I heard um uh, I'm forgetting the best Marbury uh was said something similar about the fans in China. Like foreign fans, they give it up. Yeah. They give up a lot of energy. They do. They do. And it's um, it's when I tell you it's noteworthy, man, it's 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 beyond that. It makes you feel like what it is that you're doing to provide that bit of joy for them. It is so worth it. You know, I, I think a lot of times, especially when we're over over here, the world of professionalism just has just, it's just entertainment right. over there. It, it's truly a lifestyle. <laughs> and it, it become it becomes a part of their life. You are that true household name that has done something so great and miraculous that you've changed their life to go ahead and continue with what it is that they're doing to be a great people to their society. I, I, I you can't, it, it can't be duplicated, but I'll tell you one thing. I, we're pretty close down there with them Gators. <laughs> uh, Tony, I know, I know that you've got to run. So I want to be you know cognizant of your time. I guess my final question is now, no, you know, after your, your playing career, you got into, I know you got your doctorate in divinity. So congratulations there. And I know you own a gym, but Thank you. talk, talk to Gator fans about what you're up to now. Well, guys, you'll be on the lookout. Cause I'm doing something that is, um, that's going to be very much life changing here for a lot of our athletes. Um, I am in the process now of creating a, a chip that goes into your shoe that uh, helps to prevent ankle injuries. Um, it is an air bubble that, that comes out and deploys in, in, into your into your shoe that will roll just like an airbag deploys. Um, so I am in the process of doing that that wonderful thing. I am also working with uh, my, my nonprofit, which is Trinity X Pharmacy, which we are providing um, rehabilitative uh, we are rehabilitative form that provides. Uh, injury against, uh, that provides uh, covenants for against traumatic injury of the uh, brain. So a lot of my what NFL buddies. What, was that, what, what is that again? So we're, we're going to be providing, uh, it's a rehabilitation form that, that will help people with traumatic injury. Um, primarily right now we're dealing with the body and the brain with, with a lot of my former NFL buddies. 
Um, and we are creating these things to be safe havens and rehabilitation programs for these guys to have a better, better, uh, a better livelihood once they're done playing their, in their career. So nice. we're keeping up with trying to get all these wonderful things done. But yeah, we, we have solidified the patent and all those things. I'm also creating a, C, a CBD slash uh, relief patch that is also uh, underneath a patent. Um, that we're going to be able to put a pat a patch on to relieve some of these guys aches and pains once they're done playing in a safe and effective way that's 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 incredible like real real talk that's dope um i have i i've had a traumatic brain injury uh i still deal with some of the after effects from it uh so yes, when sir. i hear when i hear the uh the, the lingo and the dialogue around it i, I know what's going on a little bit so it, it sparked my interest uh that's yes, dope sir. tony thanks for coming hanging out with us man Absolutely, man. Check check me out. You can look at my website, man. www.trinityxpharmacy pharmacy spelled f a r m a c y dot org. So check me out, man. You guys go out there and take a look. Leave me a message, and I'll get right back to you, man. Me or somebody on my team will get in touch with you guys, and we'll make it happen, man. But y'all know how we do, man. That's what we Gators are all about, man. Go Gators, man! And we go. We about to shake the world up a little bit. I love right. it. Well, Tony, have a, have a Tony's, great... Tony's walking straight to the yeah, squad yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys can see this gym, got, but that's, got, that's clean. That's, that's one of my babies right there, man. She come gets it early. She's one of my warriors right there, man. And then I got a whole other crew of them over there. They all lined up ready to get that work over there. You know? What's up? So, so, yeah, I got I to gotta, I gotta catch them when they're young, man. I got to get them, yeah. you know, get them, put that good work ethic into them early. So, at least I know the, the, the hamburgers will be cooked. You know the right, right way. You know what I mean. We are gonna put right. that work yes, in you know, the right way. Can't blame right. anybody else. Dude, Tony, we losing, we losing recipes, Tony. <laughs> yeah, we losing recipes, eh? but that's what I told. Him. I said I'm gonna make sure they, I'm gonna make sure they know how to cook it up the right way. Right. <laughs> I love it. Well, Tony, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll we'll chat with you soon, and then go Gators. All right, guys, go Gators, man. See you later. Talk appreciate you, Tony. Yes, sir. All right, Tony George, a a legend. For Florida Gator fans, especially from that 95 to, to 98 class. Uh, I want to chop it up a little bit more about that interview. Well, we got our next guest waiting. Um, this is this is Nick's content. He's excited for this. I know that he's pumped. Um, but before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Game Time Sidekicks. Go check them out. Nick's been drinking from the cup all day. But go visit them, vacuum sealed, uh, cups, just a beautiful product. Uh, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STATE and get 10% off. 350 uh, some odd uh, colleges and schools that you can choose from, a bunch from, from the NFL. They're going to be doing some NIL stuff. But go check them out, GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM, get 10% off. And we welcome none other than one of the most illustrious kickers in Florida Gator history, Caleb Search. How God, you doing today? Caleb, what it do, baby? What's going on? Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely, Caleb, my friend. It, it's a it's a pleasure to chat with you. I know that the, a lot of people have asked uh, for you to come on. I know that we've been chatting a lot, uh, just trying to make schedules work. But uh, but glad to have you, uh, Caleb. Man, um, we don't get a lot of kickers to come on, so super excited to uh, to get to know you a little bit more here. Um, Kayla, I know you grew up in St. Augustine, grew up around the Gators and everything else, but, you know, what ultimately decided, uh, you know, that University of Florida and Gainesville will be the place that you're going to be? Yeah, I, I just grew up a huge Gator fan, you know, obviously growing up uh, during the Spurrier years. Um, you know, I think I was, what, seven, eight years old during the um, national, the first national championship. 
Um, my mom went to the University of Florida. So just, just growing up a huge Gator fan, if Florida offered me, I was going there. And then it didn't hurt at all that, uh, um, you know, Urban Meyer comes into town, wins the national championship in year two, um, you know, which is two years before, uh, you know, I got there in 2008. So just kind of everything aligned perfectly where there really wasn't a decision uh, after they offered me. Caleb, um, first year coming to University of Florida, you um, obviously you're a star kicker, you're a place kicker, but, you know, most schools only have, you know, one kicker, you know, uh, on scholarship at least, and, and there's a lot of pressure on you. How, how do you, you know, go from, from kicking in high school, where obviously it matters, you know, a lot, but, you know, in, in playing soccer, we're going to University of Florida, your freshman year, University of Florida is, you know, odds on favor to win national championship. What goes through your mind the, the first time you trot out in a Gator uniform uh, going to kick a field goal? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a surreal feeling for sure. Um, the biggest difference really is just the expectations are so much different. You know, you go to a high school football game, you don't expect the kicker to be very good. So, you know, in, in high school, you're just this huge asset, right? You know, you're, you're so much different than all the other guys on the field. You get to college and you're expected to go make kicks, um, you know, at, at a real high level. Um, obviously, it goes up a little bit more in the NFL. Um, but especially during those times, you know, we had so many star players there. Tebow's coming off a Heisman Trophy the year before. Um, you know, two years ago, we'd won a national championship. Um, we have Percy Harvin on the team, you know, 20, 30 NFL guys on the team. So expectations were just so high. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of pressure coming in as a freshman, uh, having to produce. And ultimately, I, I didn't win the starting job when I mm. came in, you know, Jonathan Phillips. Um, you know, put together a really good season in 2008. Um, so I, I only did the kickoffs that year, and I, I really wasn't as prepared as I would have liked to be uh, coming in that that first year. And taught me a lot of lessons both that year and in life in general. Of just you know, you, you can't just assume when you're recruited highly and, and people tell you certain things. You can't just go in and, and assume it's going to happen. You have to put in the work. I think the ring is still the same, though, Caleb. Even if even if Jonathan Phillips is kicking the field goals, I don't think the ring is different uh, for a championship. Yeah, I, I I had a few kickoffs down in Miami, so I, I like to believe I, I was a small contributor. What um what's that like for you? Um, just getting into that locker room the first time with some of the guys that you that you named. Uh, I mean, some larger than life, you know, characters, especially for Gator fans. You know, the Tebow, Spikes, Harvin. What's it like just for a freshman kind of walking into that locker room? What was, I guess, the culture that you walked into? And, and, and was it maybe a shell shock, culture shock when you first got to Florida? It definitely was a little bit. You know, I had some familiar faces. You know, I played with Brandon James in, uh, in high school. I definitely want to talk about him a little more in, in special teams. Um, and he was a huge part, obviously, in that 06 championship and – and, uh, and, and beyond. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was kind of tough. You know, you have, there's a little bit of um, kind of a fan in you still. And, you know, these are the guys just a few years ago that, you know, I watch as my idols and all. And now I'm one of them. Um, you know, it took a little while to get used to that um, for sure. What's that that locker room like? I mean, obviously you have a lot of alpha personalities, you know, there you have a lot of guys that have established themselves. I mean, we just named a few of them. You know, what's it like, you know, to, to try to balance, you know, creating friendships, being a teammate? I mean, you're coming into a, a group that, you know, is obviously, you know, very tight and very connected. But what's it like, I guess, you know, for all intents and purposes, like trying to fit into that group, if that makes sense? Yeah, and especially as a kicker, because, you know, I kind of explained it, you're almost like a golfer that's mm -hmm. on a team. 
Um, <laughs> so, so there's a lot of individual work that goes in that's that's separate from the team, but the same part you want to be a part of the team too. And um, a lot of that happened kind of in the weight room and doing uh, conditioning things like that that we do together as a team. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, there are a lot of alpha males on that on that team. Um, you know, specifically think of just the Pouncy brothers and the leaders, including yourself, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, him and Chaz Henry. Yeah, Caleb, I like. I, I trust. I trust your opinion, Caleb. Uh, real quick, who had the best hands in that in that Afro locker room? It's filled up. Oh, oh, it was definitely Percy. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, so I've heard. We've heard yeah. the stories. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he's just a guy. You know, there's certain people that are just great athletes. Um, my brother was a MLS. Not, when I say hands, I'm not talking about catching passes, Caleb. Oh, I, I, I know. I know. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just saying, you know, if, if he would have, if he would have become a boxer, right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. You he would have been yeah, paying for his match, especially on uh, HBO. So it's just, um, <laughs> you know, whatever he decided to do, he would have done at a super high level. He's just one of those guys. That's what's up, uh, Caleb. You know, we we've had uh, a couple of kickers, and they've got some stories about just. You know, times because you do like you. I mean, you mentioned you, you guys were on that third field, you know, first away from the fans, but kind of doing your own thing. You know, a lot of the time. Um, what are some stories that you have from from kind of you guys being separated from the team and, and you know, for, at, at times just kind of being on your own and you know, expected to just kick the ball? Yeah, it's um, it's funny. You know, I was with kind of a few different generations of specialists, um, but it is man, college practices just go on forever. And we've got to be out there the entire time. That was one nice thing about the NFL, specifically when I was in Philadelphia. And you know, we would go out and we would do our, you know, three or four periods of special teams. Then we could go inside and get our lift in or do something somewhat productive. But, <laughs> but uh, in college, we had to be out there the whole time. And, you know, we'd usually do field goal period one, punt period two, and then we'd be done for the day. So we'd have about two hours and 45 minutes to kill. And again, we come out pre-practice and get the majority of the work done because we'd want to perform well in those first two mm -hmm. periods. That's when it really matters. It's when you were judged. So, and we came up with so many just like one-off games. When we were, I mean, at one point we were playing five on five, uh, you know, touch football. We played from the five-yard line and uh, you know, make it, take it, scoring. Um, just a lot of funny games too. And it, it's one of those things too when we were performing well. You know, everybody looked over and were like, oh, you know, that's that's kind of cool. Glad they're having a good time. But uh, if you struggle with one or two games, they looked over and it's kind of like the uh, scene from uh, Step Brothers, I think it is, when they're when they're interviewing for the job. <laughs> you know, then it's, then it's kind of messed up if, uh, if you guys are over there messing around and you're messing up in games. You miss a couple of field goals and it's not cool to show up to the job uh, interviewing a tux anymore. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> no longer trying to figure out the pan-pam situation. Um <laughs> You know, how you, I'm curious to, to know, I mean, you, you mentioned Jonathan Phillips and that's my bad. I completely forgot about that, but Jonathan Phillips, you know, he, he has that spot. You're trying to vie for that spot, knowing that there's, I mean, yes, you handled kickoffs and I mean, you boom the ball, but what, what's that like from a relationship perspective, knowing that really, you know, only one kicker is probably getting a majority of the, you know, field goal and, and PATs and, and often kickoffs. Well, what is that like, you know, trying to, you know, separate, you know, friendship, you know, off the field with the competition, you know, on the field. Yeah. So, you know, college and then really in the NFL is where it really kicked in, in general, uh, of being those dynamics. And the way I always try to separate the person from the situation and 
you know, they didn't choose that situation. You know, I, you know, when Cody and I were competing in Philadelphia or something like that, we didn't choose, you know, to battle against each other. We were friends beforehand. We're friends now, we're friends during it. Um, ultimately, it came down to how many kicks I made. So, you know, I didn't put too much into what he was doing. It was, I had to be good enough. And at the end of the day, if I beat him out and still was not making many kicks, it would still be a miserable situation. So you really just focus on yourself at that standpoint and uh, trying to be the best you can be. And then really beyond that of, uh, you know, I want to be one of the best in SEC or one of the best in the country. So always try to make that my focus. And then, you know, whoever starts will take care of itself. What's your, uh, you, you walking up for a pressure kick, big kick. Um, what's your, what's your process mentally? Yeah, just to treat uh, every kick the exact same. And I, I compare it a lot to golf too, right? Uh, you know, if you're able to go out on the range and hit every ball down the middle, you go out on the first tee and your friend says, hey, let's play for $100, you're not nervous hitting that first tee shot. Uh, if you're spraying it all around the range and you go out there on that first tee and he says that, like, you know, you're just not as comfortable out there. So for me, it was just, it really started with the process in practice and throughout the week of, you know, just making sure that my mechanics are sound um that I but you feel different you feel different in in, in a, from a regular kick and then yeah. a big time kick the stadiums feels different the energy feels that you feel different uh, there's there's definitely a little bit more going on i mean you're you're human you know your heartbeat's right. going a little more so you just take an extra breath or two try to get the heart rate back down make sure you don't take big steps going back or something different than what you usually do right and then it's it's really kind of an out-of-body experience out there because you know, you're getting your kickoff in 1.3 seconds. So a lot of times you barely remember what happened in that amount of time. You really just let the repetition take over. So, uh, you know, for me, it it never felt that much different. And, it's, and specifically, too, just for kicking in general, you're so much judged by numbers and not necessarily based on one kick. You can be, ultimately. But, you know, for the most part, if you look over 10 years, you look at a overall percentage and not necessarily that one kick. So for me, it was always just trying to treat everyone the same. Yeah. You don't get a breakfast ball uh, in Atlanta. You know, you might get a breakfast ball from your friends on the first tee, but uh, SEC no, championship. You're not no gonna mulligans. Like, yeah. All you have I to do is call Mulligan and just redo it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't ready for that one. I yeah. would like another chance. Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, hey, shout, out, shout out to Jonathan Phillips too. That's a five, six, one boy, man. Yeah. That's true. Okay. <laughs> What um, I wonder what what do you think maybe is the most uh, like you said kickers are really judged just on numbers and and mm-hmm. you know you, most fans we wouldn't even have to watch what a kicker does you're just like hey here's the stat sheet and and they'll make up their mind what do you think is the maybe something that gets lost on fans when when you're trying to judge kickers and, and punters? That's interesting. Um, I think kicking in general. That's funny. I think. There's so many analytics that go into uh, football now. And, you know, you have all these Harvard guys now and, you know, one off of the general manager and these NFL teams. And mm. they might not know what it means when a guard pulls or something like that, but they're making decisions on on the offensive line and stuff like that. And it's funny with kicking, there's, um, you know, just your percentage. But I think a lot of times a lot gets lost in if a ball goes in or not. So I always like to bring up this example, you know, in the NFL, if you go 18 for 20, you're 90% and you're about to sign a big contract. If you go 16 for 20, then, you know, you're 80% and you're just about out of the league. 
But mm-hmm. those two kickers, you know, one that's 80%, one that's 90%, 16 to 20 or 18 for 20, both of them could have hit uprights two times in the year. The guy that hits it two times and they both go in, it was 90%, signs a big deal. The guy that hits two uprights and it misses, you know, he, he might be out of the league, even though they're really the same guy. So Damn. I think, I think uh, you know, that can get lost a lot. And, uh, you know, kind of, I think I might be uh, talking a little bit early here on, uh, you know, a subject we might bring up later, but I think that's the biggest difference when you compare someone like Evan McPherson versus Roberto Aguayo is if you go back to their college film and you watch the balls they hit, I just think Evans are so much more impressive with how many times Evan hit the middle of the uprights and the rotation he had on on the ball. Even if you judge like a 25 yarder of just, you know, that ball would have still been good from 55 versus may have, you know, leaked right, out. Right, right, right. Yeah. You're showing me how to watch kicker film. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking it down for yourself. For sure, for sure. Now I know how to draft my kickers and to watch kicker, kicker film, bro. Perfect. If they hit, if they close to the upright, we don't need them. I don't care if it go through. I don't like how close to the upright it was. You feel me? Yeah, he might have one good year, but is he going to have 10 for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, that's something that I've, I've always noticed. Like, you think, oh, it's a chip shot 25, and, like, you might not need to, as a kicker, you might not need to go out there and, like, actually try. Like, I can make this, mm-hmm. you know, you could probably make that still with your eyes closed just from feel. Um, mm-hmm. But then you watch someone, and you're like, oh, he kicked that. You know, they don't have – in the south end zone, they don't have you know the net there. It's like, oh, he kicked that into the you know into the like seventeenth row. He didn't really need to do that, um, right. but it's just like taking that same stroke and that same approach, whether it's fifty six or twenty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, I mean, you saw it big time in the NFL when he went from uh, twenty yards to thirty three. Of uh, everybody was making it from twenty yards, but then at thirty three, mm-hmm. some you know those guys got exposed with that extra thirteen yards. Yeah, I was. I, Every time I watch an extra point now in the NFL, I'm like, that's that's far. That's not that's that's not like extra anymore. That's or they made it extra. Right. Yeah. You 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 can't miss hit it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you can, I mean you can get away with your B ball, but your C ball might not make it anymore. Hey, Caleb, I've got a question, and this is probably a very dumb question. Um, usually we save those for Nick, but uh why why do most kickers line up on the uh, the left hash compared to like lining up in the middle? Yeah, so most guys are most comfortable doing that because you know, the majority of right-footed kickers have a little bit of a draw. You know, it's very subtle, but in their mind, they can say, hey, if I start this inside the right upright, I'll never miss. So you're trying to take away one miss by doing that. Versus in the middle of the field, you know, you might have, you know, you might miss the majority of the time left, or if you try to play it a little bit right, you might miss it a little bit on the, on the right side. And there's other guys too, you know, um, you know, one of my best friends is Cairo Santos, and he lines up on the right hash because he says, you know, if I start it on the right, you know, just inside the right upright, my ball will never miss, right? Because my ball never moves left to right. So it's all just preference on on kind of how guys feel um, their ball movement is going to be and then how much they're able to control that. Sounds like me on a tee box uh, trying to play my slice. Like, you know what? I've always sliced. Definitely going to do it. And immediately as I say that, there's my first duck hook of the day. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's if, if you line up on the on the left hash and um, and, and have that in mind, then you start outside the, the left upright. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, I, had, I had a question kind of just about um, college and and. Florida fans with with the new staff being built out, they were talking about special teams coaches and special teams coordinators. 
Um, but it's always been my understanding that like the special teams coordinator isn't really like the guy working with you the most. Like you'll have an off the field staffer. Um, in your experience, when you were at Florida, who was the guy that kind of worked with you guys the most? Everyone knows like Urban was big on special teams, but I don't think he was helping you with your kicking stroke. No, we never had a guy like that. Um, yeah. And all my time playing in the NFL as well, we never had kind of a kicking, punting, long snapping specific guy where, you know, we, we were probably, you know, if anybody on staff tried to give us advice of what we were doing would be, you know, like if, if a college golfer was to tell, you know, uh, anybody on the PGA tour, you know, what, what they're doing type thing um, of just, and I'm just saying kicking specific, obviously mm-hmm. I'm not saying, um, you know, coverage, stuff like that. Yeah. They, they know everything there. Sure. Um, but the majority, I mean, majority of special teams coordinators, they never did one of the three and they know, you know, the ones that try to say something probably know just enough to be dangerous. Um, <laughs> the majority of it's just going to be, you know, if you miss a kick, it's going to be like, Hey, keep your head down or something like that. Um, but it's becoming much more prevalent. You know, I know, you know, last year we had uh, Shane Graham here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the Titans have uh, Will Hoyt from Tennessee. Um, the, the Ravens have had Randy Brown for a really long time. Obviously, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it because mm-hmm. they have him or is it because Justin Tucker is just the best ever? Yeah. <laughs> ever block. Um, it's becoming more prevalent. Um, I don't know what the data says on if the specialists do better in those places besides Baltimore. But yeah, like you said, uh, I, I think I would be a great special teams coach uh, if Justin Tucker was my kicker. Right, right, ex- exactly. I mean, it's just, it was the same thing, right, with Adam Gase and Peyton Manning. Of, mm-hmm. <laughs> what was, what, was it Adam Gase? No. A couple Dolphins fans here. No, sure no, wasn't him. No, it wasn't no, it was Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Caleb, um, want to touch you a little bit about your time in the NFL. You, you played for the, the, the Dolphins for, for a bit, then you go over to the Eagles, and then you finish your career with the Chargers. Uh, what, was, what was that experience like? I mean, you know, talk to us a little bit about the ups and downs of, of the NFL. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you're, so, you know, you're playing a game for a living, and uh, you know, there's nothing that compares to that. It's a you know, childhood dream, so to get up actually live it to get a play in the state of Florida was pretty amazing. Um, I didn't know too much about Philadelphia. Um, but man, again, I think now that's definitely the best division in, in football. Uh, it just it compares so much to the SEC with the fan bases, what they put into it uh, every weekend and how much it matters during the week, how the talk radio, everything like that. It's just so similar. Um, you know, I, I had a really good time playing, you know, one, I don't even know if I'd call it a regret or one thing that, you know, I wish was a little bit different that I just dealt with injuries my entire time playing. I hurt myself uh, junior year at Florida and I hurt my back pretty bad. And just ever since then kind of dealt with a lot of soft tissue injuries um, in the NFL and I uh, just never felt like I was ever myself. Um, I'm playing, you know, fighting those rather than trying to make kicks Um so that, that's kind of one, the, the tougher part about it. And uh, especially doing that too, because I always felt, you know, it was kind of a week to week contract type thing. So uh, I only ever had guaranteed money pretty much when I was in LA in my, in my last year. Mm. And uh, so the, the stresses of kind of playing every week to keep your job is definitely the tougher part about the game. 
it was, is tough. It's like it, there's only 32 jobs. Like there's hundreds of wide receiver jobs, and then wide receiver jobs also you can make the team just by playing special teams. Um, but punters and kickers, there's not many teams carry two. Right. Uh, so there's really there's really 32 jobs, and, and like you said, the difference of being employed versus being unemployed is the ball. You know, a, a, an oblong shaped air-filled leather pocket hitting an upright and bouncing a certain way. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, again, the, it, it's, it's such a tough balance too when, when you get, when you are injured because it's, you know, the second you let someone else come in and, and they play well, you never know if you're getting back in type thing. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously I, I got hurt when I was in Philadelphia and Jake Elliott comes in he's top five kicker ever since. So it's just, it's uh, it, it's it's one of those things. The constant battle of do you try to really let yourself heal, or do you play injured to try to keep the, the guy out of the building? Caleb, want to ask you because um, we I don't think I've I've asked this question to to an Eagle player. What's it like playing in Philadelphia? I mean, you know, as a Miami fan, grew up a fan. Um, we we have a, a a rowdy fan base down down there in Miami, but but not really anything in comparison to Philadelphia. What was it like, you know, being you know in the throes of of probably the most raucous fan base in in the NFL? Uh, it, it was insane. Um, it's funny. I I got off to a, a really bad start there. Um, so I came in. Cody got hurt after the third. Mm-hmm. So he's coming off a Pro Bowl year. He got hurt. I think week three of uh the season we played we we're playing washington uh week four i think it was um and the game it was our bye week i think was the next week and there's a hurricane coming through i think it was one that actually hit gainesville pretty hard i can't remember the name of it mm-hmm. so it had been 2015 and um you know they were talking about whether or not they're going to cancel our game and and we're going to play it on our bye week and nobody wanted to do that and all that and uh, we, we ended up playing it. So it was pretty windy and all that. You know, I'm making a lot of excuses. It didn't end up being that bad during the game. But I missed my first field goal and first extra point there. Mm. And, uh, and, again, just going back to, you know, for a lot of guys, that's, you're kind of one and done when you do that. Um, so, you know, the talk radio, everything like that, the fan bases, the, the beat writers and everything. I mean, they're all over you after week one. And uh, ever since that game, you know, I have by far my best – you're finishing that year mm-hmm. and then 2016 or 2016 the year after mm-hmm. played well um but it's just kind of funny and fun to see it on on both sides of man that fan base will get after you if if, if you play poorly but at the same time too when you're playing well i mean nobody gets behind you more than uh the eagles and and the big difference between say the dolphins and playing the dolphins or playing for the eagles is you know, you're what was that I said a Super Bowl, but anyway. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> recently. But uh, in Miami, you know, Tannehill wasn't that big of a deal when I was there. You know, the very few Dolphins players were. I know Marino obviously was, but you know, it's it's tough to be a big name in Miami as a football player. Mm-hmm. Where when I was in Philadelphia, I mean, Carson Wentz, Joel Embiid were the biggest, you know, names in in, in that city. You know, they were they were everything. And Joel um, wasn't even playing. He, he, was, yeah. he was like drafted hurt and still the biggest thing in the city. He's just watching. Still not. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's just crazy how much uh, emphasis they put into their, uh, in their sports there. Now all of the, you know, the football, basketball, uh, hockey, and uh, baseball are all in one spot. Um, there's just so much um, uh, 
you know, so much of the culture and everything there revolves around the sports teams. Caleb, blink twice if, if, because I, I hear so many people who have played in Philadelphia say that, like, they'll get on you, but, but nobody loves you like they do. It feels like you guys are almost like traumatized because they are so harsh. And you're just like, yeah. I can't, I have to follow up any. They snowballs at Santa Claus, man. They, they did tell <laughs> Santa was snowballs, but yeah. it almost feels like if I say something bad, I need to follow it up with this nice thing or else they know where I live and they might be outside the door soon. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's it's crazy the way, the way they turn out. I'm completely blanking on the baseball. I'm not the biggest baseball fan, but, I mean, he was a great player for the Phillies during the championship run. Um, what was it, Ryan Howard? Ryan Howard, yeah. Howard. So, so when I was there, it was turned Howard. on Ryan Howard's ass real quick. Right. Well, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got Ryan Howard up out of they got him out of the whole MLB, but he was an MVP. Right. Mm. So right when I was starting, there was when they were throwing batteries at him in the outfield. So that that was kind of like my welcome to Philly moment. And then I go out and miss a few kicks. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen when I go out there for my first home game. <laughs> you're, you're just hoping they're triple A's and not double A's or, or, or D batteries. Yeah, D batteries. Don't throw it. You miss, okay. miss, a, miss, a, miss a game winner. They're going to throw a car battery at you. But I, I explain a lot like kind of every team I've ever played for too on how they view the coaching staff, right? So if you play a lot and you do well, you know, everybody raves about how great the coach is. And then the guys that, you know, recruited real high and come in and don't play, then – you know, there's a really bad culture and a bad coaching staff. So I think it's it's very similar in the fan base there. Hey, Caleb, uh, how did you get into kicking? Did you play soccer? I did, yeah. So, um, oh, sorry, my daughter's. Hey. Oh, it's all good, man. Kimberly. I know the vibes. <laughs> These boys not going raw, so they don't know what's up like that, Caleb. But I know you're, what's you're up. You're good. It's so, uh, That's my, true. My, my two girls came in. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We, we have dad we have dad moments uh, yeah uh, on the show Corey Corey's the only dad on the show yeah uh, but Nick has a couple dogs and all that so <laughs> yeah sorry about that no that's all good man so dope, how'd I get into kicking um so I, yeah I was a big soccer player I'm one of six kids uh, my oldest sister went on and played soccer at William and Mary oldest brother played at Flagler my next brother um he left home when he was 15 and went down the in Bradenton and played on the under 17 national team and uh, played 11 years in the MLS. And uh, I was two years younger than him. Oh, out here a little bit, boy. <laughs> Y'all dad like the white LeVar ball, bro. I'm <laughs> <laughs> balling, dog. I had no idea. No, That's it's, what's uh, up. it's funny because my, my oldest brother was, um, you know, he was kind of short. I mean, he's my height now and all, but, you know, not a big frame or anything. My dad's like, I don't know what, what sports we're going to do. He's, he's probably not going to be a great basketball player, probably not big enough for football. So we, we oh, start- your, your dad's getting him a job. He's like, hey, you're yeah, going to start bagging yeah. groceries at Publix. Yeah, that's right. We don't know if you've got the, the athlete frame like everyone else. Right. right. So he's like, well, you know, we should, we should try out soccer. And it's funny. We all took to it really well. But except for me. So I, I was a good soccer player. I probably could have played small division one, you know, real small division one. <laughs> Um, but you know, I watched my older brother who's two years older than me and went to play in the under 17s. He, uh, started for them. So he's really probably top 11 player in the country at the time. And he always wanted to go to UNC. Um, but they only offered him 75% scholarship and I'm one of six kids. So, you know, there's no college fund for us or anything like that. And 
so he ended up going to Clemson instead. And I remember watching that and just being like, man, he's you know one of the best players I've ever seen. And he can't go wherever he wants to go playing soccer. You know, what's going to happen to me? And at the same time, I had uh, just started at St. Augustine High School. Again, that's where Brandon James, Jacquez Rickerson were at the time. I knew we were going to have a really good team that year. And so going to my sophomore year, the coach asked if I wanted to start kicking. And uh, I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know if I really want to do this, but we'll probably want to stay championship. So I'll, I'll give it a try. Caleb, I, I want to ask you again, dumb question, but how different, I mean, obviously it's very different. How different is it, you know, how much, I guess, mental training does it take to get used to kicking a, a football compared to like a soccer ball? Yeah, I'd, I'd say anybody that's a real good soccer player has a decent sized frame, you know, it's, it's pretty athletic and do it at a pretty high level. You know, I think if you took a bunch of 20 year olds that are in the premier league right now, and they started kicking a football, they could probably make it to the NFL within, you know, four or five years type thing. I, mm. So is it, uh, you know, I don't think it's like overly complicated to make the switch. Now you do have to have a, a little bit different of a mentality, similar to golf in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of guys that can hit a ball 350 yards and they can shape the ball a ton of ways, but can they do it for four days in a, in a tough environment. So there is that aspect of it for sure. But as far as, you know, being able to, if you're a good soccer player, I think you should be able to kick a football pretty well. I want to know, you played in um, some great locations. I've, I've never been to, Col uh, to Colorado. I've never been to California, but uh, I've heard great things about San Diego. Uh, I'm from South Florida uh, and I've been to Philadelphia, not in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, where is the best place to live um, of those three? Yeah, well, you would definitely know that I was uh, <laughs> that I was just sucking up to the Philly fans if I said Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So jigs up then. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. See, I, I, I've been trying to get you to talk crap about Philadelphia, and I was like, maybe this is my way in. <laughs> I was right, just trying right, to right. sneak around it. No, Southern California though is, is special. I, I never got. Mm -hmm. it. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand how anybody pays fifty percent in taxes and lives mm -hmm. out there. Like that's just crazy to me. And then I went out there and I was like, you know what? If, if they did, if they didn't charge as much to live out here, everybody would do it. it I mean, it's it's beautiful out there. It doesn't get mm -hmm. as hot. Doesn't rain as much. Um, it's kind of all the great things about Florida, but year round versus the, you know, I guess. June through September and and Gainesville. Mm. Uh, Caleb, I got to ask you another question about Philadelphia. You know, hotly. Oh, wait, 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 don't let him off the hook. So we had a one, two, <laughs> yeah, three yeah, there. Yeah, it yeah. Was oh, clearly well, San Diego was one. one two, yeah, one, two, three. Um, I think we know. I think we know your order. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I, I love Florida, so <laughs> you know, my, my Miami would be two, and uh, Philly would be three. But I. I will say this: I, I enjoyed I enjoyed camp in Philadelphia mm -hmm. probably the most because it was, you know, we we'd get some real nice days in August in Philadelphia versus it was, it was real hot in Miami. Yeah, camp in Miami is either like hot or raining. Right, oh, you're like hoping to be in the bubble is what you're doing. <laughs> oh, it, yes, yeah, nice little uh, 68, 70 degrees in there. Yeah. Yeah, we just had uh, Tony George on, so we had to uh, unfortunately listen to some Cincinnati food takes. But there's some good food in uh, in Philadelphia. Um, obviously, they're known for their cheesesteaks and everything else. Got to get you on record of, you know, obviously it's not Pat or Gino's, but but what was the uh, the top cheesesteak uh, place of uh, Caleb Sturgis? 
Oh man, so uh, this this is tough to say, but I actually have celiac disease. Oh, man. so great yeah. question, dude. So, <laughs> so if you so if you can't if you can't do the bread, I don't think I can give a accurate. Uh, it's true. Presentation, but the, but the food and you can't food, eat bread, bro. Uh, unless it's gluten free. <laughs> oh, okay, gluten free. Yeah, yeah, do gluten free. That's how my my niece is like that. So we yeah. had to eat gluten free pizza for uh, New Year's and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. it's uh. Bad. A lot of times it's kind of like cardboard with the toppings on it, but it's, it's still decent. Um, but <laughs> I'm vegan, so I, all my pizza tastes like that. Oh, really? okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you do the gluten-free crust and the vegan cheese. Or pescetarian, whatever. <laughs> yeah, my bad, man. What, what, what were we talking about? We were talking about cheesesteaks, but yeah, obviously I appreciate yeah, you. Eat cheese steaks, yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. you throwing the other pivot in there. Yeah. Well, Philly food was the best out of the three of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it that. Mm. I mean, it. That's the thing about Philadelphia, too, though. The first time I ever went there, I was like, man, this is just an old, dirty city. I, mm -hmm. I did not like <laughs> and, and then you start, you, you live there, you get to know the people, and uh, and again, the food and everything, it, it's awesome. I really like downtown. And there's so much yeah. history there, too, that, you know, you can really take in. I would, I'd probably never live there permanently after coming from Florida, but you know, I, really, I was really glad I got to spend a few years there. Yeah. So, yeah, Center City and all that ain't bad. Um, mm -hmm. What are you doing now, Caleb? I actually just started a job with Amazon a few weeks ago. Mm. Oh, nice, bro. Yeah. Next, uh, in, next in line for Jeff Bezos. Amazon, <laughs> Amazon, the people, that, they, they know they work with a goat. You tell them and shit? <laughs> like, yo, bro, I'm one of the greatest. <laughs> like, you have no idea, but I'm one of the greatest fucking uh, kickers of all time, man, at Florida. You ever tell them that? Yeah, I've been trying. I've been trying to let them know. I've been trying. To let them know. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, you, you, always like Caleb, just uh, world class kicker. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you you can't wear that Letterman jacket into work anymore. Like, not listen. It, it was right, cold. Right. It was cold. I had to put something on. Uh, well, I, I work remote, but anytime I'm in an important meeting, mm. I put it on. Yeah, you gotta let yeah. them know. Yeah. All, all just, American in the Zoom. In in the Zoom like this with a, with a couple of rings on. Yeah. Like, hey, guys. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Well, are you uh, back in Florida or? I am. I'm in Gainesville, actually. Oh, man. Okay. Well, welcome back. Caleb, my friend, it's, it's a pleasure. I didn't know to... who you is then, bro. You got to say nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, these, these young kids or something. But shout out to that, man. I got to link up with you next time I'm in Gainesville or something. One of the at a game or something. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, I'd love that. Love to meet up with all you guys on the next uh, next game. We got. I got a question. I got a question, Caleb. I'm, yeah. so I'm getting Gainesville. What is, yeah, uh, you and the wife? Nice, nice night out. No kids. Where do you take the wife for uh, a nice dinner? Man, that's that's tough. I mean, probably my go-to and location helps with this. Probably Embers. Mm. Um, yes, you, you just want to go. I'm working. I'm working on getting us. I'm working on getting a sponsor, but it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I talk, I talk them up sponsor. so much. Yeah, it would make no sense what? for them to like give me anything for free. Like I'm already doing the advertising for it. <laughs> but there, there's a. Uh, it, it's nice though. There, there's so many new restaurants I've opened recently too. That mm. we have uh, so many choice because it was pretty much between just mm -hmm. Embers and Marks is all you had. Yeah. All you know, Spurriers and uh, Prime and Pearl and everything. It's uh, Gainesville's definitely looking up. Prime and Pearl. Yeah. I haven't I haven't been on that one yet. Prime and Pearl's new in celebration. Um, mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. think nice. Ember's my go-to. Prime and Pearl's good though. I have like a sixty-day age steak there, which uh, is really good. There, well, there's something about Ember's about the size. Sixty-day age steak. Age sixty. I wonder days what age. happens between days like thirty and days sixty. <laughs> 
I don't know. I think, I think it was yeah. it was wet aged. It was wet aged for thirty days and then wet dry aged for thirty. It was delicious. Well, I don't know fantastic. nothing about life. Bro. Listen, Silk, you're eating <laughs> a lot changed no since asking. you stopped eating meat, Silk. Yeah, I we're not see, asking bro. you about your about your meat takes over there, Mister Vegetarian. <laughs> Pause on that. My bad. Pause. Um, but yeah, Prime Pearl is good. The Gainesville food scene has definitely gotten better since you were in college, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. It's even gotten better in, in the nine years that I've been here with with new stuff opening up. Yeah, it seems like I mean, every. I feel... Go ahead, Kim. Oh, just every year there's there's something else. Valley mm-hmm. used to be the place to go when I was in college. I actually went the other night for the first time in like seven eight years. It's still pretty. Sad. How's um How's Tim Trebo? Is he still hanging out there? <laughs> Tim Trebo. <laughs> I, I do remember when they put that there. Uh, I think he's still there. It's still, I haven't been to Valley Who's in a while. So they have someone, I think it was probably like right around the national championship. It was, they yeah. made a wood carving of Tim Tebow that's outside of Valley Who's. So I've called it Tim Trebo. Uh, termites haven't got him yet. <laughs> haven't gotten to him yet. <laughs> man, oh, he's man. been there a while. Caleb, man, we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, like I said, you were a very frequently requested guest. So um, know you're on social media. I know you don't post a lot, but for everybody that wants to follow you, remind uh, everybody where they can follow you on Twitter and, and everything else. Yeah, I think it's – I only have a Twitter. I think, believe it's Caleb Sturges1. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll try to start posting a little bit more. I've not been great about that. You, you got, I had to watch out for some of those Philly fans. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm far enough removed now. Yeah, yeah now you're in good grace. No, man, after today. <laughs> awesome, man. We, we, need, pre- we need to get a, uh, a stadium and Gale Embers dinner next time uh, everyone's in town. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, let's make that happen. I'm yeah. there. Yeah, it's the same. Same. Silk's got the bill. You're in, Caleb. <laughs> It might be on me. I'm having, I'm, having, I'm having a good month, Nick. It might be, bro. Things are trending kind of crazy, dog. Hey, Caleb, man, appreciate, appreciate you hanging out with us, bro. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. We'll, we appreciate Thanks, it. We'll Caleb. talk to you soon, brother. Have a good one. Yeah, it'll be on the roll-up network for sure. I got it. Yeah. Caleb Sturgis, man. Good dude. Um, really enjoyed that. Enjoyed him and Tony George. Great conversations, man. I forgot we got to talk about recruiting. We still got a lot of more content to give the folks. Yeah, man, we got a lot of stuff to get. <laughs> well, we're, that, sitting, that, we're sitting here an hour and a half in. And I'm like, shoot, we haven't even like talked about what's going on like with the current team. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's the same work, man. That felt good. I don't feel like we we did, you know, shit. A few months ago, we were talking, we were talking <laughs> so, about some wow. Silk had no idea what celiac disease was. He was like, Oh, I have celiac disease. He was like, So, you know, without the bread and the cheesesteak, so like, you can't eat bread. <laughs> he's like, He's like, oh, gluten. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, oh, I, yeah. I need to do my research a little bit more on Caleb. He's a good dude. We've been chatting a lot, but, uh, you know, had a couple fact errors that I'll call out. Forgot that he lost that starting kicker job to Jonathan Phillips and certainly didn't know uh, the cheesesteak question. So the uh, that's on me. I'll work boy, on man. it getting better. It's hard to be out of 561 guy, bro. I get it. Um, but yeah, Nick, I keep you the buck, man. If I don't know stuff, I just I don't be like <laughs> quiet. Like when I yeah. know what's going on. What was that word? I ask, Nick, I ask Dan all the time. What was that word, bro? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was that? Excuse me. What was that word? Sounded good. Oh man, um, I think we ended talking about Hayden Hansen, um, tight end commit six five two fifty. Um, I don't think we got your y'all's opinion on it. Um, so Nick. Hayden Hansen, like I said, guy that was committed uh, previously to this uh, to, to Billy Napier uh, at Louisiana uh, Lafayette, but but Nick, what are your thoughts on on Hayden? Yeah, so I'm not sure. Uh, it kind of mm. goes into what we were just talking about, and is like, okay, is um, 
is this a transition class? Is this, you know, Billy just going and getting three stars or getting guys mm-hmm. that he knows? Um, I think if you look at Florida's depth at that position, you obviously already lost Kamori Gamble. Um, you, you could lose another guy to to a transfer. I think, you know, when you're looking at how many guys they're going to sign, Florida's going to be over the 85 cap. You're going to have mm-hmm. guys that are going to have to leave after spring. Um then you look at the offenses that they ran at UL, like you're going to be running a lot of two tight end sets. So like you need, you right. need some bodies in that room right now. And, and I don't know if you have just from a number standpoint, I don't know if you have enough guys in, in that room. Right, right, right. That room's already weird. Um, the film isn't like anything spectacular. He's a big athletic gym rat mm-hmm. type of guy. I think he's going to be a big body a guy, those guys are gonna be pretty much an extension, smaller left tackle, right tackle, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Type of thing. Um, so that's what you're looking at. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, I wouldn't look into like a cow pits or anything like that. That's not that type of uh, take. I think this is more of an inline type of guy mm-hmm. that this kid's gonna get big as shit <laughs> and block for us. Uh, I, and I mean, I think that that's what you can kind of expect out of the tight end room for you know Billy Napier. I mean, I don't. I'd have to to take a look, you know, and I think they're gonna want more athletic guys in this, regardless, right? I just think that like this fits the mold of what they're trying to do. And these guys are good evaluators, mm-hmm. and I trust. I'm not gonna say I trust, but I do like that they're leaning more on not their like personal opinions, more like analytical. They have a very analytical mm-hmm. approach to everything they're doing. So I don't think they out here just guessing. Oh, we like this kid for film. I think they see his size, his potential, and how he can help in, like, certain blocking schemes and whatnot. And, and that's how they fit fitting him in. But um, I could see the – I don't see it on film anything that pops out that makes it this get exciting, just to keep mm-hmm. it above. Yeah, no, and I mean, I think that that's okay to say, right? I mean, I think that that's why people listen is, is that we're not going to hype up everybody. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, this is, you know, a, a guy that Billy Napier and his staff, you know, wanted to join the team. You know, we never know, right? There's a lot of people that have – you know, had five stars that, you know, flamed down. There's a lot of people that have had two, three, and four stars that have, you know, really, you know, exceeded their expectations. And that's not to say that you want to recruit a lot of three stars compared to four or five stars. It's just saying, you know, hey, you've got to fill out this roster with people that you think make your team better. And, you know, I I don't know enough about this kid. And I don't think any of us know enough about the kid, you know, to really give a, a true, honest opinion other than, you know, wait and see. So obviously they did a lot of research. They did a lot of an analysis and, you know, I mean, gosh, they probably have 25 people that have watched film on this kid, you know, on staff. Now I know one person's opinion matters the most there, but still, um, you know, there's, there's obviously something that they see in his ability to contribute, you know, to this football program. Right. And not enough stars fire them all. Yeah. I mean, Why are you, you know, screaming, there's bro? You okay? Yeah, Why you I, I've been on the message boards a lot. That's the, uh, yeah, the I only, mean, there's, the only, the only voice I have for the message board. But <laughs> I mean, Silk, Silk mentioned, you know, this earlier, I mean, is you don't have, you know, everybody to pick from, right. I mean, probably 70% of the people that you would want to recruit Adana, signed yeah. his first week of, of being at the university of Florida. Right. So there's only so much you can do. And it's, do you go in with a roster that doesn't have full numbers or do you go in, try to find, maybe get some hits and then really just hope I mean, you that look your at, next recruiting class you is compare, an elevated one. You compare it to, I mean, it's hard to compare it to what Billy did because Billy dropped a lot of his guys. I mean, if he kept mm-hmm. like some of those guys that like even the Jaden Gibsons and Nick Evers, this class is, it's probably like a, like a top 15 class right now if you keep mm-hmm. those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he dropped everybody. And you look at what Mario. Mario has like 10 kids committed right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't take 10 or 12 or 15 guys to sign in. He's going to have to figure something out. 
that, that's just all I don't even care if it's a transition class. Like they gotta figure something out. So you gotta take, like you said, you gotta evaluate. Uh, and Billy warned the people that this shit finna be different. And he mm-hmm. dropped the he dropped people. We took some good transfers. Uh, uh, we took a five got a five star. People calm down a little bit. They say, okay, I like the direction now. You know, it gets riled back up when it, when you take a few three stars. But you got to consider the pool. It's not a lot of mm. inventory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially tight end. I mean, there didn't didn't seem to be a ton, you know, in the transfer portal. And you know, again, you got to kind of hope. And you also have to remember that this is one of eighty five kids, not you know one of twelve. It's not a basketball roster. Silk's like, yeah, we've got some supply chain issues. The COVID's right, right, up. right. All that uh, public public said the shelves aren't yeah. fully stocked. Infl- inflation's high. Gas prices are through the roof. That's the that's the the pretty much the Twitter trending starter kit right there. <laughs> supply chain, COVID. I, I get we got yeah. a whole bag of that, right? <laughs> got excuses on deck, ready to go. Um, speaking of more excuses, the Gators during this podcast, while we were talking to Tony George, uh, did land a uh, a quarterback commit, Max Brown, previously committed to uh, Jim McElwain and his staff over at Central Michigan. Take that, uh, Mac. Yeah, there you go. Shoved him in a locker. Um, kid found out that he wasn't the guy humping the shark, and he's like, I got to go find another leader. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so he, uh, Max Brown, uh, like I said, three star out of a Lincoln Christian school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, like I said, committed to, to central Michigan for, for quite a long time um, as well, held offers from, from Washington and uh, a few other schools, but um, a kid that, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, it's a pretty polar take on him. A lot of people are, are very excited about, you know, his numbers uh, this past year, he goes 167 of 235 for uh, 2,750 yards, 41 passing touchdowns, uh, with just four interceptions on the season, also rushed for an additional 1,300 yards uh, in 20 rushing yards. So a guy responsible for 61 touchdowns, um, a guy that m- nobody probably really knew about until a few weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people have been watching, you know, you get some polar takes out there, you know, on Max Brown. But, uh, Nick, you read the message boards, and, and you obviously have watched film and have studied Max Brown a little bit, uh, kind of in anticipation of this yeah. take. What are, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, obviously, you know, you see a thousand yards and you think, okay, they took a running back that plays quarterback. Um, but I, I don't think from watching, um, you know, and I say watching his film, like it's, it's just highlights we're watching. Um, from what I've seen, I don't think he's a run first guy. It looks like he's looking down the field, scanning. I think what stuck out to me in terms of his passing um, is that he completed over 70% of his passes and he showed good touchdown field. So it's not like, um, you know, he's either running the ball or, or throwing like slants and screens. Um has an arm, um, can throw. I don't think this is a guy that, you know, you're thinking is going to be starting in 2022, 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone that, uh, you know, we, we still need to see what the offense is going to be and what mm-hmm. it's going to look like from, from looking at UL, like it's going to be a heavy running offense and, and having a quarterback that can run like an Anthony Richardson, um, should help that. Um, but obviously the thousand yard plus rushing as a senior sticks out the touchdowns that you mentioned. Um, but to me, I think if you really look at it, um, he's not just a runner. He's a guy that looks to throw um, and has, I, I guess, a, a good arm um, and, and, and certainly accurate. Right. Like an elite arm, but I mean, he's not, you know, 
friend yeah, of the podcast, Luke Del Rio. I got similar vibes to you. Uh, similar, similar. Like I'm not gonna regurgitate like what you just mm. said, but uh, you have to. Uh, you let go, Nick Evers. Um, so you, you put yourself in a bind. I don't know what the evals uh, situation was with that, but uh, we opened ourselves. We had to take a quarterback as a high school recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring somebody in in the portal, uh, just in case you don't know what Emory's going to do. He may ex- exit, but you got a guy to come in and compete uh, with AR. So you got a, a solid quarterback room right now, but you had to bring in somebody this cycle. Again, it's not a lot of not a lot of people out there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm okay with the tape. Uh, next year, I think he's aiming. He already visited the Manning boy. So clearly mm-hmm. they're going big game hunting uh, the next, the, the very next cycle. So whoever you, the quarterback I get right now in this transition class, man, I'm not finna sit here and stress that because he's a fill-in guy. He's not, most whoever comes in this class part is not going to play next year and they're going big game mm-hmm. hunting this next cycle. So like not putting a lot of stock into it is what I'm trying to say. So I mean, Florida has four question marks at quarterback right now, right? I mean, obviously, you know, you have Anthony Richardson. You have some questions, you know, with concerns uh, or some some yeah, questions you, with, with injury. You have – Yeah, it's a guy that spent more time in the training room than on the field. Right, so right. You need you, to have, you have someone behind him. Right. You have Jack Miller, who, you know, was at Ohio State, obviously good enough to get an offer from Ohio State, but hasn't really played a lot in the, the last few years. You have – you know, Carlos Del Rio, and then you have Jalen Kitna. Um, you don't, I mean, and technically you still have Emory Jones, but you don't have a lot of not only uh, certainty in that room, you have a lot of question marks on, you know, what can potentially bring to the University of Florida. So you have to look and evaluate your options. And again, you look at what's available. And this isn't a conversation of whether Max Brown is better than, you know, Nick Evers or not, you know, I'm not in a position to be able to decide that or, or how successful they're going to be at the next level, but you needed to bring somebody yeah, in and matters. you need to try to solve that. Yeah. No, don't think, yeah. It don't even matter. Right. Like, if, if Nick Evers is better than, I don't think that matters. Yeah. So you, you've just, you've got a lot of question marks there. You had to take somebody um, has, you know, an interesting uh, throwing motion has some, some different mechanics, but I, I, I feel like a lot of that can get fixed. Um, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks that come to college with some some wacky uh, throwing motions and things of that nature. So uh, you look on paper, you take away the stars, you take away the names, you know, and, and you look at it and you say, hey, those those look like pretty good stats and you, you hope for the best. But again, you have to look at supply and demand. Real quick, while we're talking quarterback, we, we made a, a hire at the quarterback position with Ty Darlington as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to be a guy that's going to be kind of helping with development. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about that? Um, he's he, listed he as Go he's, ahead. he's not listed as working with quarterbacks. He's gonna be working with the uh, I think tight, end, tight, end, tight ends, yeah, tight ends, um, kind of going along the lines of what you said. He's in he was an offensive lineman, a center at Nebraska, correct. Uh, and the kind of what you said with the tight ends is you know essentially an extension of the offensive line. So he's gonna be working with with tight ends. What did he, he did? Did he do quarterbacks at Oklahoma? Yes, yeah. he did do quarterbacks at Oklahoma. Okay. Yes. I assume he was coming over in the same role. Well, I think a lot of people assume that because they he announced that he was leaving before they obviously announced, you know, and it, the, the word had come out that he was joining the University of Florida staff. He announced that he was leaving before since the last show. So, yeah, he's coming over with tight ends, but I, I would imagine that there will probably be some crossover uh, with uh, Nick O'Hara, who is uh, the quarterback's guy okay, with Billy okay, Napier. Okay. Gotcha. 
Let's yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, all eyes are going to be on that quarterback position, the development of it. Uh, Billy's played quarterback. He's a quarterback coach. He's offensive coordinator. So, I mean, all eyes are going to be on that position. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see the recruiting of it, everything. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, I do think it's dope that they that they went to go see Manning. I'm not crazy high on that kid, but I like that we big game hunting. I like his attitude. Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's the difference you saw with with him, you know, Billy Napier and his staff now compared to to Dan Mullen. And I mean, this was something that we talked about for almost the last three years. So, um, was Mullen and his staff seemed very okay with if they weren't being considered to just say okay, fine, and, and move yeah. on to the next right. right. Whereas this staff is at least seemingly kicking the tires, and you know they're going to keep kicking the tires until you know, they can't kick any longer until it no longer makes sense. You know, will Archie Manning go to Florida? I don't know, but do you need to go after and try to recruit him with every other school in the country? Yeah. Cause you have to see, you know, if this kid is available and there is an opportunity, he's obviously talented, whether you're super high on him, or not. I mean, that's a guy that every school that, that needs a quarterback is after. Word up. Word up. Uh, Gators also announced uh, Bryce Caper. Or no, I'm sorry. He announced Bryce Capers, uh, six foot four, 219 pound linebacker out of Riverside, uh, that he is taking a preferred walk on uh, spot with the University of Florida. Three star guy uh, had offers from Akron, FIU, Liberty, uh, and a couple other schools as well. So he's going to come to the University of Florida as a preferred walk on. So welcome, um, Bryce Capers. Beating out Hugh Freeze for Cruz. And not even giving them a scholarship. Hell yeah, yeah. TJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. I do want to talk about, obviously, the big name, uh, number one inside linebacker, Harold Perkins, uh, announced that he will be decommitting uh, from Texas A&M. Uh, has previously visited the University of Florida a couple weeks ago. Was out in Hawaii. Was wearing a lot of Gator things as well that the fan base got excited about. Uh, but announced today that he's leaving Texas A&M's recruiting class. Um, and the door is open. Um, I know the Gators feel confident, but uh, Silk has some some warning signs for you. I'm just vibing, man. <laughs> I'm just vibing. But this is this is the one that got the streets in the tizzy, man. Everybody's excited about uh, Harold Perkins. Visit over the weekend. Been wearing Gator slides. Every time he can say something about Gator, he's black, but he's blushing. I can see him like turning all rosy red. <laughs> So everybody, everybody's excited, man. I just think it's some, some, some smoke. I think Dion's a little bit more involved than people think. Um, that kid's talking a lot of business lingo. He's real close with Travis Hunter and and, and the other Coleman kid. They were hanging out. They were real close at the All Star game. I just think I think they're in it. Um, but we're in a good position. If Dion wasn't in the grassy knoll hanging out, like I would feel really good with the decommitment with from Texas A and M. Um, I don't think that kid going to – laying down in the grassy knoll. Yeah, he's definitely in the grassy knoll, man. You can, I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, man. Um, what was I about to say? I was just about to say something. I had to take – I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, I like I like our position in this, though. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think we're in a good position. I don't think that kid's going to go play for Brian Kelly is what I was about to say. Mm. Um, th- his attitude – I'm not saying he has a bad. I like his attitude. I like his energy, but – I don't think that type of energy is is, is Brian Kelly's uh, bag. Mm-mm. So um, I think I think Dion that, that type of energy could play for somebody like Billy and Dion. Dion be a little Billy with the shits. Dion with the shits. 
So I think it's a JS. I'm gonna say JSU. He still got a busy LSU. I think it's a JSU UF battle. Uh, and I don't have any insider heat or no no real sources. This is just me going off of like the vibes of this. Um, I think Hunter's in that kid's ear, and he's just saying that there's nothing with JSU. Come on, sums up. Mm. Yeah, I don't normally was- see people telegraph their recruitment like this, and so I'm, I'm a little mm. skeptical that uh, a kid of that caliber, a five star, just said just wears a bunch of Gator stuff all the way up into signing day and just signs and just especially when he's up. committed to another program, right? At that time. Mm-hmm. Right. But well, now, yeah. now he's decommitted. Right. So, I mean, I, I think that that's. I but mean, if we get him, then. But if we get him. <laughs> the lies are going to be no. heavy. Oh, my God. Two five stars off the dribble. Woo. Woo. It just feels like. It feels I'm like you're making sure. Crazy you're getting, out here. It feels like you got all the uh, Travis Hunter trolls off. Mm-hmm. And you're just like making sure it doesn't come around. Like I, I know you're like, well, listen, Dion, that, Dion's man. gonna get, I'm get God. Dion, I'm gonna get my so volume share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so is J.R. Smith Turner. Like three is hoisted in the air, turned around, hands up in the air, no For problem. Sure. No, I just, I just, than that, but. I'm just peeping in on it. Dion is also like saying he got two big ones out there. And, and I think I think he's talking about I don't think he's just talking about well they're saying Gentry Williams is one of those guys that may be in the mix as well. Uh, so there's Shamar Stewart, Gentry uh, Williams, and also uh Harold, Harold Perkins. Yeah. Um, so out of those two, I think all three, I think Dion Allen, but he keep tweeting about two big guys here out there. Um, we'll see what happens on National Signing Day, but Dion ain't done playing. Um, it's when it, it's NIL, it's business. Mm-hmm. We don't have we have no idea. What type of business Dion is talking? Nobody does. Mm-hmm. These coaches don't know. So it, we're shooting in the dark with this shit. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the biggest thing that you, there's just so many unknowns about JSU, right? I mean, we don't right. know what we don't know. I mean, there's huge numbers thrown around, whether they're true or not. I mean, I think that there's a lot that goes know. into it. I mean, we we were texting about it, you know, earlier today is – you know, there, there's there's a lot of pride in playing for an HBCU. There's a lot of opportunity, you know, to go in and play immediately. Bro. There's right. a lot of visibility for that program as well. And there's a lot of visibility now that didn't exist maybe 15, 20 years ago. I mean, obviously kids got drafted out of HBCUs and had opportunities from, from lower-level football. But now it exists more than anywhere because Dion's playing on ESPN now, right? So, you know, there's an opportunity for him to go in, make an impact. And, you know, whether he goes to JSU for, you know, if he goes there at all, whether he goes there for zero years or, or three years or four years, even, um, you know, there, there's, there's more to it sometimes than just, you know, what the, the best, uh, you know, what the best thing on paper looks like to you as a fan. Right. 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 Sometimes. Just, and I do that. Looks, I, I just do green. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It looks green. Like you just said, nigga. It's, it's business, man. I just want to yeah. go that scenario of like, yo, like business could be going down. Like don't assume. Cause this kid, Gator seems to be having the edge. He's wearing a lot of our stuff. Don't get caught up in the sauce. Like I've been around recruiting too long. Um, like this thing could turn quick, and, and especially with NIL, nobody's for nobody saw JSU and Hunter. And people keep saying that we oh they beat Florida State for Hunter. Nah, mm-hmm. man, the whole country was out to Hunter. He's the best um, kid in the country. So for, for like Dion the- beat Dion beat the entire country, including Nick Saban. And, and Kirby Smart for Hunter. Kirby Smart thought he was landing. They thought he was landing Hunter that day. Yeah. They thought they had that in the bag. So Dion ain't just beat Mike Norvell. He stuffed Kirby in, in, in the locker as well. 
Um, and, and the whole like picture with the slides, like my my guy went almost directly from Gainesville to Hawaii. Yeah, you're gonna take the the free pair of slides that you got 24 <laughs> hours ago. You're gonna take that to Hawaii. Like no, people I'm are like, ah, sure oh, is he dropping? Is he dropping no, no, hints? No. I'm like, he just no, got no. free Jordan slides. Yeah, he's no, Nick, let me tell you something, Nick. Um, them Jordan slides, they might be in the trash can by now, bro. I'm pretty sure he got some Gucci's. <laughs> He got some slides, man. He got, he got slides and shit around there. I'm talking, I promise you he got slides, Nick. He, he left the left the Jordan slides in Hawaii. Yeah, he was no, nah, that wasn't good. Like, he was doing that on purpose. That was calculated. That's what I'm saying. Like he ain't just wearing because he had just got some slides, and I'm the only ones he had. He had other slides. I think all that's calculated. Um, I, I don't think he's just trolling. I think his interest in Florida is real. Yeah. I don't think he's trolling. I'm not, I'm not saying that at any by any imagination, like we're in this shit, and so, we, we so could very well land him. But he turned a, he turned a pair of free Gucci, or he turned a pair of free Jordan slides into some Louboutins just by tweeting one picture. Mm-hmm. I didn't that's say how that. money. That's how money gets me. <laughs> I can see why you said that though. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, it's, I'm, it's, always it's, looking, I'm, looking, I'm always looking for new sponsors for the show. Louboutin, if you want to some shoes. NIL changed the game. You just don't know, especially after what Dion did. You have no idea, like business wise. And people say, "Oh, these coaches can't talk business." You can believe that if you want to. Um, you just have no idea what's going on business wise. So that that ends the the, the depth charts, the facilities, mm-hmm. all that shit matter. But business changed everything, man. Yeah. Money changed the world. Like like people change with money. So nothing nothing for certain unless business is really tied down, man. So mm-hmm. don't don't get caught in the sauce. Yeah. And I do want to make a kind of a, a side tangential point here. Um, you know, a lot of people have wondered about the University of Florida and their ability to, to spend money and lock up, you know, good, you know, good sized NIL deals. And, and I'll be one to say, you know, I'm not at liberty to say, you know, what some of those are. I don't even know all the details of some of them, but I will say the University of Florida um, is starting to put together some real yes, um some real money uh, into NIL deals. And, and I think that you're going to see some of the fruits of that labor uh, here soon. There's a lot of people working behind the scenes uh, legally, uh, but a lot of people working yeah, behind sure. the yeah, scenes yeah, yeah, to try yeah. to make this, uh, this whole thing work out. And that's not just with Harold Perkins, um, not saying one way or another and Harold Perkins, just in general, a lot of money starting to be dumped into to some of these NIL deals where I think you'll start to see some real fruits of that labor here uh, in the not too distant future. Hey Nick, what I need you to do uh, tomorrow is go buy that that lot that uh, Coach just made for the players, the car lot. Drive by today, take a video of it, and then do it again this time next year. Okay, is it going to start looking like an Alabama lot? Am I gonna yeah, I think we're going to have a Bama yeah. lot as well. That's what he's trying yeah, to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is like a like a before and after weight loss picture. So because yeah, like yeah, yo, go take heavy. a picture. Where the where the football players are parking the now. School, the and then, scooters and they, out there right now, Nick. It, yeah. Hey, that's big Gerv. Gerv got like six cars, but you know, <laughs> Gerv's got his own dealership. Yeah, that's what we need to hear, though. <laughs> oh, it's about to be. It's about to get crazy out there. Um, but yeah, we we, we getting cooking in the NIL market. Uh, let's see. Trying to see if anything else uh, is has happened. A lot has happened. What else happened? Um, I know, you know, Florida's, you know, still actively recruiting Jacoby Matthews, a guy that that 
you know, Florida fans have been asking a lot of questions about a uh, five-star guy. Um, you know, LSU is very involved. Florida's got an in-home visit uh, with him towards the end of the week as well. Uh, that's going to be a tough one to pluck from, uh, from Louisiana, but uh, you know, he has a, a former staff or a former relationship with, with Corey Raymond from his time at LSU, obviously, you know, Billy Napier and, and coach Tony and a, a bunch of those other guys have, you know, kept close tabs with him from their time in Louisiana as well. But that's a, a name that the Florida is still after as well. Uh, he said some great things after that visit. He man. Did. I read a couple of his interviews. Nick, what you got? He was saying a lot of like yeah, scheme, I mean, how they use uh, the film. The coaches use film of uh, my man Duran James and kind of did some side-by-side clips of him and Duran James and show how they use him in the defense. I thought that was very unique shit. I think, I think it's not unique to show a guy like how we use guys. I think it is unique to show – Derwin James, if you're a coach of Florida, to show you know like highlights of um, somebody who played at a rival, but that's a guy who is at like the top of the game now in um, like it, it or was at the top of the game in, in college and, and someone that a recruit would know. So I think that's an interesting spin on it because you always show guys your film and hey, this is how mm-hmm. we use somebody like you in our scheme, but to show somebody else and say hey, that's the kind of vision we have for you. I think that's unique. I don't, I don't know that I've heard that too many times. I mean, if it's a similar scheme, because once you come off the Bama tree, like that Bama defense is so yeah. duplicated around like different leagues. Um, it ain't it ain't like hard to say, yo, this is the defense we run. Um, I don't and I don't know which they use. I think they use Darren James pro fam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was fam. Florida State, that was a, that was a Bama defense as well, right? At mm-hmm. the time, right? Yeah. Um, I thought that was I thought that was unique and that was dope. Oh, these guys are attention to detail with that type of stuff. Um, yeah, and then the last thing with with Jacoby, I think Florida was scheduled um, to meet with him Tuesday, but that's pushed back to Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe yeah. Billy Napier, um, Tony, and Corey Raymond are all going to be in home with him um, on Friday. Yeah, right before his LSU trip, I believe he leaves for LSU on Friday or Saturday. So, um, yeah, I need Brian Kelly to like, have stink breath and stuff this week. I need him to talk <laughs> with that accent again, you know? Yeah, do something weird. <laughs> Jacoby wants you to come something. be part of my family. Yeah, I need to get all that off. <laughs> oh, you need man. Brian Kelly to put on his weirdest shoes for this visit. Uh, let's get to. He's like Dan Mullins, like fifth cousin or something. Like the <laughs> you know, awkwardness. He's an awkward like, dude, he's an awkward cause. I don't know what's up with him, but he's super awkward. Um, I think he's one of those people match. that don't realize that they're awkward. They try to hard. I mean, Dan Mullen did too, right? Um, but that means, jeez. Uh, let's see. Want to get oh, into? Oh man, it just feels good to have like a. You no, know, Billy just gets it, bro. He's, we'll figure out if he can play call in a little bit in a few months. But yeah, uh, I need the to vibes, get... man. I love it. He, it feels like he gets it. The culture, all of it. He blends in. Um, the staff he got in. All these guys are blending right on in, man. Yeah, I want to give you a shout out. Uh, you got uh, the coach Spence um, laugh at one of your tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he's uh, what do they say? Plagiarism is the most sincere form of flattery. So he throws a tweet on today that looks awfully familiar. I like it, man. I like it, man. We wave you around here, Dan. I can see it. I can see it. Um, let's see. The Gators do announce a few more. Uh, coaches to this incredibly large list that they have. I'm going to go in reverse order because I think the the last one we'll talk. Uh, James Thomas Jr. is announced today as quality control uh, for cornerbacks. 
um, spent some time kind of all over, uh, has been at Angelo State, has been at Western New Mexico, has been at a lot of, you know, different places, a lot of places that I, you know, to be honest, if you haven't heard a ton about, um, I believe he was at Maryland uh, for some time as well. Uh, but but it's kind of been around the block, but uh, a name that I don't know much about. And, you know, Nick, can you dive in a little bit more? I, I really, I mean, I wrote the story today, but did yeah. not know, did not know much about him. Um, yeah. To be honest, has, has kind of spent time, like you said, in a bunch of different smaller schools. Um, but listen, hey, it's, it's a, it's a younger guy. And I think a lot of people would jump at the opportunity um, to learn and work under Corey Raymond uh, yeah. with, with kind of the reputation that he's built. So um, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm still wondering build, how all the, you got to build like the culture or team and like replacements. Mm-hmm. Cause when you hire yeah. well, uh, people come to post these type of people. So um, I don't think we're going to get poached quick, but you do want to bring young talent in to, to kind of have your own forming system a little bit here. Cause you're going to get poached. And certainly um, Billy learned that under Saban. And I think you're, you're starting to see that. I think you saw that a little bit with Saban this year. When you have successful coaches, you're, you're going to get poached and you have to keep setting up, like, like Silk just said, that who's the next guy? And maybe even who's the third person down the list? And that might be mm-hmm. a 24-year-old graduate assistant who is getting their first time, you know, first time on a big, uh, big staff. Um, but I think like Nick Saban's had to make so many replacements that even though they were in the national championship game this year, I think like Bill O'Brien was like his first like real big miss. Um, mm-hmm. And and you're going to see him try to like replace Bill O'Brien. Um, Can you imagine missing, but your quarterback he, is, still is, won the Heisman Trophy? I don't yeah. think he's going to replace. Is he about to replace Bill O'Brien? I think Bill O'Brien is, is trying to be rehomed by Nick Saban. I think he might have a new OC in, in Tuscaloosa next year. When are they gonna do it, Nick? Nick, don't be wasting time. Nick got that boy on the trail, man. Yeah. Well, you got to. You, you got think to, Mario? Bro. No, Nick can probably even get somebody today, man. You don't... That's true. <laughs> <Who> <laughs> you you think he's about, Mario? Bro? <laughs> Mario. Uh, but what I'm saying is, that I was agreeing with you, Silk. I'm, I'm saying like he's seen. It's always so. It's it's interesting to me. Like um, Jim McElwain and and Billy Napier both hold Saban in like such high regard. They like don't even say his name. It's just Coach. They only call him mm-hmm. Coach. Um. But I think he saw that, that Saban had to do it. And I think you're seeing that with how big the staff is, not only does it help you from a day-to-day standpoint, make, make sure that, hey, Corey Raymond doesn't need to spend 90 hours a week recruiting because we've got nine guys behind him that are also in the DMs and yeah. talking to people and, and recruiting. It makes their life easier. But then you also have people who that are familiar with I can tell Corey culture. Raymond ain't taking no DMs like that. I you can don't tell, think I can so? Tell, I can people vibes. He ain't doing nothing. You don't think, he, you don't think he's, he's clasping those those glasses together and, and, and opening nah, up No, he Twitter? still got a beeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. He's Corey got a flip flow and a beeper. Like 700 DMs unread. Yeah. <laughs> so I can, has a beeper. Now somebody, somebody, let me shut up. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so the Gators announced him. Welcome to uh, the staff, James Thomas Jr. Uh, the Gators do announce Corey Bell, uh, who was previously seen that quality control uh, position for uh, for cornerbacks last season, uh, that he's going to be the new quality control coach for, for running backs. So you will remember Corey Bell from his time uh, coaching defensive backs at the University of Florida. He did the same uh, at the University of Central Florida, uh, and now he's back. Um, again, in a quality control position, uh, obviously, you know, second year in a row, 
um, coaching running backs? Or were you guys surprised by the position change? I was. Yeah, no doubt. Of course I am. He's a, he's a, I don't think, I think he's a good defensive back coach. So yeah. um, it's interesting though. I, I'm glad he's still around. He's an asset in, in, in recruiting, especially in mm-hmm. South Florida relationships. You got to keep those type of guys around. And that was a, the conversation we kind of was having last time as far as like uh, how many Florida guys you need on the field coaching. Right. If you got mm-hmm. Corey Bell, you got Chaney and, 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 and these other guys with the off the field, um, the guy we were just talking about from Coconut Creek. It's a lot of relationships, especially in South Florida. Um, I don't know. I forgot what we were talking about. Yeah, I just thought, I thought the- moving the running backs. Oh, moving the running back. Yeah, I think I think I <laughs> the relationships make sense, but um, I get that he's still he's an asset, and I'm glad that Billy found a way to keep him on staff because mm-hmm. he's an asset. Yeah. yeah, I think I think, and I had said it on the podcast. I. I think he wants to get back on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, and when that wasn't going to be an option at Florida, I wondered, okay, would somebody else have that opportunity for him? And, and I think he would have left Florida for an opportunity to, um, you know, get back on the field, get back, you know, recruiting uh, in home and, and doing stuff like that. Cause I think ultimately he doesn't want to be, you know, a quality control guy the rest of his career. He wants to get back on the field. So um, I was worried I mean- that, that opportunity would come up and he would be gone, but any, any, any way you can keep him, I think he's an asset in recruiting and assets to your organization. Yeah. And I mean, it still can, right. I mean, you know, the Gators had, you know, one of their, you know, former quality control or quality analysts, whatever, you know, get poached back to Louisiana. And I, I don't, I would not be surprised if, you know, people from this, you know, quality control and, and analyst staff don't get poached before, you know, maybe spring ball or at the end of spring ball. Right. I mean, there's, there's openings that are out there. Um, just shout out to Corey Bell for staying at the university of Florida instead of going to Miami, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and then finally the, uh, the name uh, that caught everybody by surprise, not because of his name, Chris couch, uh, but by his job title, game changer coordinator. Told you. We're getting, fast, getting fast and loose with these titles. Yeah. So uh, game changer coordinator. Nick, it's my understanding that that's uh, what Billy Napier calls special teams game changers or people on special teams or. Uh, yeah, I think every punter is a game changer. Jeez, uh, We even had a kicker on you. Can't even throw them in there. Uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> but uh, Chris Couch joins uh, from basically the same position at, uh, of all places, Louisiana uh, joins as the game changer coordinator. Uh, definitely caught the internet by surprise. One of those names that, uh, you know, joins, you know, senior director of player relations and Gator made, um, you know, what else do we have? A director of advanced scouting and self scout, um, you know, just a lot of un- unique names. Yeah, Billy unique was running out of names, man. Call them game change. I don't care. Whatever y'all want to call them, <laughs> man. Just get, just get them on the field, baby. Um, yep. What do you guys feel about him not being uh, – the special teams coach not being an on-the-field coach? I think it's – I almost think it's a, it's a waste of a spot to do it. And I know that – I think people just, like, heard Billy say that. We want to make an, an emphasis on special teams uh, and we want to have a dedicated coach for that. And, and just thought, oh, good, finally, like an emphasis on special teams because, um, you know, like the teams Caleb Sturgis was on, uh, Urban's teams, it was such an emphasis, and it, it was game-changing plays made on special teams that would eventually win you games, and we haven't had that in Gainesville in such a long time, so I think people kind of latched onto that. But when it comes down to it, you 
like Shane, no one really knew what Shane Graham was doing, but like that he was he was doing more with the punters and the kickers than Greg Knox was, and Greg Knox mm. was just getting the heat because he had the title as special teams coordinator. So um, look at that insight. If, if, mm. if the way if the way that it worked out was was one of your ten coaches was gonna be a special teams coordinator, cool. But like you don't need to bend over backwards to have a special teams coordinator because you're gonna have people who fans don't know that are working closer with the punters and the kickers um, than the special teams coordinator is. And like Caleb Sturgis just said, I was like, oh, who was who was your guy? He's like, we didn't have anyone. You know, like we didn't have a coach. Do you know if this guy is like your kickers and punters coach, or is he your like special I teams? Think so. I think yeah. he's like a special teams coordinator. Like, I don't think he's going to be walking over, um, you know, and telling Jeremy Crawshaw, like, "Hey, I think your your drop on your yeah, last punt was a little trying off. to find opportunities and, mm-hmm. and making sure you're protecting and all that type of mm-hmm. stuff, like scheming, uh, evaluating, looking at film, that type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm letting S word fly a lot this show, man. It's Sorry. okay. It's okay. Yeah, I like that you'll say it. Family call friend. it the S word right after. <laughs> right after, <laughs> you know, as if he's censoring himself. You know, G workers. Um, I keep saying that darn yeah. S word. About to spell it like like my kids are listening or something. <laughs> yeah. Keep saying um, it. You're gonna go to H E double hockey again. sticks if you keep talking like that. Um, and then I think uh, we've talked about him on the show. We we you know he did get officially announced. He was spotted in in many a photo before. Uh, but one of my play cousins, Josh Thompson, uh, joined the staff officially as the director of football operations. At least it was finally released. Uh, so shout out to uh, to Silk and Ahmad for teaching me the uh, the term. But uh, my play cousins joined staff What's and that? put out a put out a great uh, video today with uh, the State of Miguel theme song in it. So you seen that man? It's good. Yeah, like it just, everything just makes sense. But I heard that song. I seen Katie number and they're just vibing. They doing their thing. And then I hear the horn. Burp, burp, burp. Oh my god, bro! Stadium Miguel going off. They know. They know what's up. They know the vibes. Yeah, we got Harold Perkins checking our Instagram. We got uh, Stadium and Gale song. I mean, they know. Sure, they know what's up. Yeah, they know. Yeah, they know. What's up. Uh, Nick, he was saying play cousin. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know what play cousins are? Sure don't. Play cousins uh, is something like. Like black people use. So like my mom had a friend. My, my mom's friend's kids are now that's your cousin. cousins. But gotcha. they play cousins. Yeah, yeah. I thought all Thompsons were just related. I plead the fifth. I don't know. Maybe. You know, I'm not I'm not I trying mean, to go down that rabbit hole, Nick. <laughs> that could be that, that <laughs> Nick's trying wild. to set me up here, Silk. <laughs> He's trying to set me up Brad here. Get very wild. We can figure, figure it out. Go ahead, Dan. I'll mute, I'll mute the mic. You can no, go ahead. No, 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 no. no. Awkward. But, yeah, but Josh Thompson joins. Uh, we'll change that subject real quick. Um, <laughs> joins us from uh, from Auburn. Uh, previous uh, in the same role at Auburn, uh, and then previously at Arkansas, where he was a director of, uh, I believe, on campus recruiting there, uh, or some iteration of that job title over there. So obviously, uh, a guy that's done the role before. So. Uh, be curious to see, you know, how that role shakes out, how that role might be different than, you know, some of the other roles uh, that sound like they would be in similar responsibilities. Uh, but Coach Kaz, pardon me, will, uh, I believe, report right up to uh, into him. Report into him? Yeah, as the assistant DFO. I'm just assuming, you know, but who do, who do I know, you know? Nick, Nick has yet to get me an org chart. Yeah, why would I – why do they do an organization chart when they've got like 60 more hires they're going to make? Like, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Maybe I can get – It's going to look like knowing the feds have the uh, – Yeah, the that, no, like, that's 
yeah, yeah. The this, crime is, like when you, they're bringing down a mafia family. Yeah, That's yeah, what it's yeah. gonna look like. You've got the Don, Billy, then the ten, the ten coaches, and then all from, it's like spider webs down from there. I like but I'm it, here man. for the free content, you know. I, I think it's dope answer. because, like, we've seen, like, we talked, we could talk whatever we want to talk about George at the time. But when I started seeing them throwing a lot of money and just like a lot of assistance, man, you just like, and then you Makes start you seeing good. them just take over on the trail and you see the money that they're throwing at recruiting, right? That they're throwing at the program. So it feels good to see our program throwing money at it. I'm giddy. Ain't a whole lot gonna make me upset right now because I know money fixed things. If we throwing money at a problem, eventually it's gonna get fixed. The programs that spend the most money were in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That spend some bread. I love spending money that ain't mine. Spend. Oh, listen, it. man. That's why I spent. I spent money all last fall. Imagine how the money I'm gonna spend this fall, Nick. <laughs> So just think of how much more money Nick would have to contribute to the program if he wasn't at Embers every other day, you know? Right. Uh, well, Nick's, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick don't, Nick's not a fan, bro. He just, oh, yeah, that's right. He used to be. That's right. This is a job for Nick, bro. Mm. It makes me money. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Let's see. What else? Uh, Gators on a three-game winning streak, currently losing to Ole Miss, though, in basketball. Uh, shout out to women's uh, basketball. Baby. A couple of uh, top 25 victories over Kentucky and LSU. Uh, I believe that they will likely be ranked in the next poll. Um, so shout out to women's basketball, um, who has you know been kind of bringing up the rear uh, for the last you know decade and a half. Uh, so good to see them uh, get some success and, and have some um, you know some some big victories you know under an interim coach. Who I would imagine will probably keep that title now. Weird. You lose your best player to injury slash transfer and then start winning all your games. Uh, so wonder what what was going on behind the scenes there with uh, Lavender Briggs and, and the women's basketball team. But good for them. Ripping mm-hmm. off a, a nice win streak here. Just threw out so much vague stuff, Nick. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not a women's basketball reporter. I'm just I'm just putting some stuff out there and in, into the universe. And maybe a, a Stadium Miguel listener knows some information. <laughs> this guy, man. Nick, Nick, and I think I, talk, I think I even got to bring it up last time. There's that gif of the, I don't even know what he is. Like it's a rat guy that's like smoking a cigarette, you know, <laughs> drops like a can of uh, gasoline behind him. He's, he's walking, just throws it back, lights up the whole city. That's Nick right now, you know? Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just talking, dog. We're on a podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm saying just yeah, hypotheticals. Hypotheticals. Just here. talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's interesting. Maybe only to me. You Al Sharpton at a rally right now, bro. You just you, – <laughs> That's the first time Nick's up, ever been compared to Al Sharpton. I like <laughs> that, is. though. I can see a lot of uh, similarities. Just get the people going. That's right. You sure do. Um, let's see. Anything else uh, that you guys want to talk about? Obviously, we got recruiting out of the way. we got the staff hires out of the way. Um, we're still a couple weeks away from, uh, from spring camp. Um, but uh, anything else before we uh, get to the Manscaped ad read? Silk, you got um, – you want to talk about the – Kush House on oh yeah oh, for sure for sure for sure on National Signing Day I got a ad read written down but I'm not even I'm just gonna freestyle it man because I don't need it uh, we kicking <laughs> it man National Signing Day the Roll Up Network um, trying to get as many guys over there as we can mm-hmm. but we got the uh, the Roll Up crew would be our first time in the studio we're doing a live broadcast is uh, sponsored by Gramco um, some guys that are Florida growers a Florida brand of hemp um, the D leader in, in that industry. Um, they're partnering with us to do a live broadcast, man. So we're gonna be kicking it. We got some um former Gators coming in. So Brandon Hicks is catering it. 
Uh, all go. the food vibes, everything's free. So if you want to check it out, go on Eventbrite. There's a link there. You just RSVP and get you a ticket there. You can watch this broadcast live at the studio in Orlando. Um, but Brandon Hicks is catering it. Uh, Amaya's coming to hang out. Former Stadium Miguel alum. Got a break outside the All-American. Um, may get Rainy in the building. Rainy, mm. Rainy confirms, but he don't really confirm, confirm. Y'all know Rainy, so <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be there is what I'm going to say. Um, Chris we'll Rainey's a, a silent commitment. You'll have to see on signing day if, if, if he's if paper comes in. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm excited. It should be a, a lot of good vibes. We have a live uh, artist that's going to be in the building. His name JJ Artist. He's going to do a lot some live painting of some big three, uh, maybe football players. We're not sure exactly what he's going to paint. Um, very talented guy. Uh, we also have some body painting going on for each of the fan fan bases. So it'll be a Florida model getting painted. A lot of art. We like to mix art whenever we're doing things at the Kush House. Um, so it's gonna be good vibes. If you're in the area, pull up, kick it with us, you know. And everything. If you can't come in person, it's all good. We're gonna be streaming on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all of the above, man. We're gonna be very loud on, on National Signing Day. So pull up and hang out with us. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Silk, uh, we're gonna go from one ad read to another. Take us out with the Manscaped ad read. I think it's my song of the week, so I gotta find one real quick. But uh, take us home. Shout out to the great folks of Manscaped, the best of the best when it comes to man grooming. Be sure to use coupon code SG at checkout for twenty percent off. Promo code SG. Lomo four point man. Best of the best. I need to use that thing. Um, oh, good. Yeah, bro. I can't. I lost the charger. So. Oh, really? Yeah, I lost the charger. I got a file. Yeah. I did. I went to my brother's on vacation somewhere in the mix here. I lost my charger. Um, hmm. So I got up there to use it with my brother. I couldn't find the charger, so I couldn't use it. So it's still dead. Now I'm back home and it's still dead. So hmm. I didn't start. Shakira's asking questions. Right. right, right. <laughs> Well, yeah, use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off, man. Free shipping. I love it, dude. I love it. Um, let's get let's get us out of here. We've got a, a couple quick announcements. We've got a, a great show. Again, thank you to, to Tony George uh, and Caleb Sturgis today. Next week, um, we've got Trey Burton coming on. Um, let's go. We've got Gavin Dickey. Um, you know, ready Let's to come go. on as well. Uh, Jenny Rowland, uh, women's gymnastic coach, come which, which on, had man. another big victory. Uh, we got a lot of people waiting in the hopper. Where else you get them vibes from, bro? Where else you get them type of vibes, dog? You know, the interviews, how we give it up. Mm. Look what you got. Look what they got. Look what the people got today, bro. We gave them two <laughs> bangers in one. Yeah, yeah. This could have been two separate classics on the Lords of Keys, Nick. It, it, it could it, very, it, very well could have been. Yeah. I'm not going to drop the name, but but I told you guys who it is. If I can pull through, we've got an epic guest hopefully Man. coming on, too. I'm, yeah. I, 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 oh, my God. That would be an amazing one on the Lord's <laughs> of Keys. Let's see. Who who? Oh, we had a uh, we had a spaces. Nick and I had a spaces on uh, Thursday or Wednesday night. Uh, we had Chris McClellan yeah, join us. The spaces the night that, that I record roll up. Like, yeah, I know. It's been bad timing, but uh, we, had, we had a great time. We're going to probably try to do a few more of those. May not be super often, but every once in a while. But uh, we had a blast. We had Devin Moore uh, join us. We had uh, Chris McClellan join us. Uh, we had uh, Mordecai McDaniel uh, join us. Don't know if he totally remembers, but he definitely joined. <laughs> 
Um, we had a, we had a great time. We hung out heavy that day. Uh, we appreciate shout out to Jen from Gator Collective. Yeah, you're giving me crap about throwing accusations out there. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Dan's over here pulling up from the, Dan he's he's up from the other free throw line. Yeah, yeah. Dan's shooting, wire. Eight, Dan's shooting eight, 86 footers out. Yeah, checking for a wire. Oh, man. <laughs> um, shout out to Jen from the Gator Collective. We had a bunch of people on. I think we had at like 1,500, 1,600 people uh, ride through. So we appreciate you guys doing that. So um, another two hour plus episode uh, complete. Appreciate you boys. Um, we're going to go gas, man. What you got? We got, got we're going to go a little, uh, a little bender vibes um, here. Oh, 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 before we do that, I knew there was something that we didn't talk about. We got to talk about Tyrone Hopper. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. So timeline, he goes in the portal. Good call, Nick. I mean, damn, damn, bro. Yeah. So he goes in the portal, pulls his name out of the portal, goes back in the portal today. Um, Let's see. So I made um, a joke about it. I made a joke about it because um, he was in the portal for like 68 minutes. Should have left it in for one more minute. Would have been nice. Um, but I thought, yo, that's SEC speed. You're in and out of the portal like that. Incredible. I made a joke, you know, just when you when you want to, you know, when you want to push a button just to see what it does. But you can't like players don't enter themselves in a the portal. Um, you go to like compliance and, and it's something compliance does for you. So there's a whole process to enter the portal and to exit the portal. That's what I thought. Um, it is. It's a process. Um, I thought people so, talking like like he physically put himself in there and we like pushed him out of it. Yeah. I don't think it's like yeah. a button just click and unclick, right? No, no. It's it's not like, a, you know, uh, that one click on Amazon. You don't mm. just hit it and, and you've got some toilet paper coming to the house. It's easy. Mm. Nice. <laughs> it's not like that. Um, so uh, interesting. Listen, uh, you put your right foot in, you take your right foot out, you put your left foot in, and then you – it's not right, hokey pokey. Let, let, so I think I think he's gone. Like, listen, mm-hmm. you, you're back in the portal. I think you, you've made your intentions clear. Uh, right. One for me, easy, easy first pick would be Auburn. That that's I mean, Christian mm-hmm. Robinson was it was integral in his recruitment. Uh, is now at man. Auburn. Um, you know, uh, I, I thought he was. Gonna, huh? <laughs> he's gonna. I think he's gonna head out to Auburn. I think maybe. You're talking about going into uh, uh, now. I gotta use it one more time. I can't say a shit show. You going? You go? You going to a shit show with uh, Auburn? Harson is is on the hot seat. Like uh, Derek Mason gone. Just left. Right. So like you stepping in to do what with with with, with a, a, hmm. a linebacker coach that really ain't developing that great. I don't know where he's heading, but mm-hmm. Auburn. I don't know if it's just Auburn. There's a lot of nuances around this situation that we just don't have a lot of information mm-hmm. on. Uh, coach Bates, the linebacker coach, now coached his brother at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother transferred from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this stuff ain't it's never clear cut and dry. So we don't know what all the nuances and, and stuff is behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Why he got in the portal of in that, but that's just some of the some of the uh, the information around it. Uh, is it a big loss? Yeah, it's a big loss. That mm-hmm. room is is not full of talent. It's not a lot of talent in that room, and he was one of the talent most talented ones in that room. Uh, I will probably only put Ventrell Miller ahead of him as like guys mm-hmm. that you can rely on next year. On yeah. or we're looking to rely on rather. On um, one Black, the one Black has that uh, potential, mm-hmm. but just not a lot of experience. Then we can see on paper he's just a lot of talent. Uh, what do you guys think about the the, the exit and the rest yeah, of the upside? Go ahead, Nick. It's it's a loss, like like you said. Yeah. You don't spin it. That was going to be your starting starting linebacker next to. Uh, 
Ventrell next year. So you're not losing the guy where you can say, doesn't matter. We got a guy to replace him. Like that, that was going to be your starting linebacker. And I think, uh, you know, Patrick, Tony, Billy Napier, um, any of the, any of the coaches would tell you, yeah, he was probably, he was in our plans for next year. So no way to spin it. It's a loss. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything else you can say other than it's lost, you know, wish him the best of luck. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot, I, I would say, you know, look at the source where you're getting information from. Um, I would say, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, but you know, you, you hope and wish the best for, for him. He's a, a young man that's trying to fulfill a dream and, you know, I hope wherever he lands, whether it's still at the University of Florida, which I don't think it will be, uh, or another school, I wish him the best. He's a talented player, and, you know, I hope he gets the chance to, to live out those dreams. So um, it does suck. You know, Florida, you know, is, is obviously missing a lot at the linebacker position. So, um, you know, yeah, not much I else to say. I told you on the group chat, we got recruits from rosters. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if that's a position, you know, you obviously have Harold Perkins out there. You have the uh, – the transfer from Louisiana that was a middle linebacker um, that's still out there. You have probably okay, some people on the board. I don't want to get yeah. like, people like thinking like he like, he's okay. Like I don't. Yeah. I'm not that excited if that's a kid we go after, but that's somebody that knows the system and all whatever they're right. running. But um, I think we like I said in spring we're not dumb. The portal the portal's not gonna stop on national signing day. Like mm. spring ball is gonna be another shakeup. It's gonna be more portal action. I'm out the spring ball, and I think we need to recruit some rosters at the linebacker position. Yeah, and I mean, and it's going to happen randomly too, right? I mean, Tyron Hopper's, you know, three weeks into the school year, you know, a week into the new coach, and, you know, his name gets put in the portal. So I think that you're going to see more and more of that, uh, you know, but Florida desperately needs linebackers and need talented people that can play right away. You can't just solely rely on developmental players either. And, and like I said, so like I got, uh, I got bullied into putting out uh, on Gators Online, got bullied into putting out a scholarship chart, and I'm like, this is <laughs> – very fluid. Um, Florida has not typically in the past over recruited. They haven't had, you know, more than 85 guys on scholarship. Um, you can go into spring with more than 85 um, scholarship players. You can't start fall practice with more than 85. That happens all over the place. Like it, it's a dirty side of college football. It's, it's better for the players now because you can transfer. It used to be you kids got processed out Alabama, um, maybe it wasn't even publicized as much as it should have been, but gray shirt kids. And, and all of a sudden you signed Alabama and you think you're going to be on scholarship and play. Well, now you're gray shirted. So we'll still pay for your school, but you're not going to play this year. Um, right. So Florida is going to be like, I think they're at like 84 right now. Like they're going to sign more than one player um, on signing day. So they're going to be over 85 when spring comes. Um, there's going to be oh, yeah, transactions. I like it. <laughs> there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of kids leaving schools and um, leaving you know Florida and other schools because there's gonna be kids that stayed in, stayed on with a new coaching staff We're going through a, a spring talent practice. acquisition business, man. Look at you. There it is. I was at the meeting, Nick. Yeah, you <laughs> in the building. I can see it. I can see it. All right, boys. Um, we'll. Uh, We'll see you boys next week. Same same corner, same time. Same corner, same time, man. It's a All pleasure, right, fellas. Man. Cam, take us out. We're going to go a little bit back to some some Bender vibes here. Uh, there's a new song that I heard at the gym the other day. Uh, it's by somebody called Dub Vision. Don't know if it's a group. Don't know if it's a DJ. Don't know if it's multiple DJs. Who the heck knows? Uh, but it's a really good song called Keep My Light On. Uh, so we'll play that one, and we'll see you boys next like week. like you care about the song, so I'm not even going to. No, it's a fantastic oh. song. I just don't know anything oh. about Dub Vision. I have some ideas, but. Okay. Yeah.
But it's a great song. All right, check it out then. All right, boys.